Free Talk Live here. Phones are open if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 as we kick off the very final episode of 2021. So uh, Good riddance. By, yep, and good riddance. Hopefully 2022 will be a better year, but... Well, if the governments have anything to say about it, <laughs> it's hard to be optimistic. Yeah, I was to say, very, very hard to be optimistic on that front. There's, of course, a lot to talk about here tonight. Also, uh, this later this evening on our internet feeds, we will be doing an episode of Freer Talk Live to ring in the new year with you. And also, we'll be doing a giveaway of a BitBox, which is one of the open source hardware wallets we've been talking about over the last several weeks here on free talk live so if you are a member of the amps program over at amps.freetalklive.com you'll have a chance to win that and if you don't win that that's okay we're going to come up with a third way we've got a third bit box to give away sometime in the new year and we haven't figured out how we're going to do that yet uh, but uh, hopefully we'll come up with that sooner rather than later <laughs> uh, but for tonight we're just going to do one of the giveaways and again that'll be after 10 30 eastern time when we start that and that'll be on our various different video services primarily odyssey you can watch it over at watch.freetalklive.com uh, to start things out here tonight uh, we're gonna we're going to get to a story about trusting the so-called science but first chris there's been an interesting development that is not really too surprising given that they tipped their hand to it over the summertime we reported on the uh, white house talking with cell phone providers about censoring text message content and now it may have come to fruition now there may be at least one cell phone mega corporation that is actually actively censoring uh, text messages yeah uh, thus far uh, t-mobile has they haven't announced it but they have uh it has been discovered by uh, effectively uh the internet mm-hmm. <laughs> that um T-Mobile is censoring at least one link that can be confirmed by uh many people on you know it's it's a story that's kind of blowing up that hasn't yet hit any kind of press uh but um there is there was some forewarning to this as you were saying over the summer uh t-mobile verizon and at&t may be asked to screen anti-vax messages and in this particular uh story breaking news basically um what we know this is what we know so far basically um so let's see here if i can bring that up and here we go. So it's it's like basically it's it's some 1984 uh, <laughs> stuff going on with T-Mobile, and we, it's it's presumed that there's other carriers involved here too. But this is this is basically from one individual who who has actually tested this uh, that we actually know. Yeah. So he's uh, tried sending a link. Uh, as a text messages. Now, this is this is you may not encounter this if you try it yourself because a lot of the messaging, if you're on like an iPhone or a Google phone, uh, it's it, going over the internet. It's going it, well. They get encrypted to other users, so if it's encrypted, it, this won't affect you. But if it's not, well, you encrypted, mean if you're using some sort of system like a Signal or Telegram or, or iMessage? I think if it's between two different Google devices, it won't be censored. But if it's between a Google and an Apple device, it will be because it then mm. has to use the normal unencrypted sms Google is encrypting things that's I, news to me i believe so i i'm not i don't know all the details i don't think it's like end-to-end encrypted i think okay. it's just like encrypted to their servers but the point is it, it, it effectively bypasses the 
infrastructure. Uh, it's that, not doing SMS. Yeah, SMS yeah, is the right. cell phone messaging. I don't know what it stands for, messaging system or something. I don't know, but uh, that's what's been in place I for think years. It's integrated though, in some way. So if it if the other users also on, mm-hmm. uh, if you try to send an SMS and the other users also on a Google device, it will it won't actually send an actual SMS. It'll send over the internet. Yeah, yeah, something of that nature. And I don't know. I don't know all the details. I'm not, you know, I'm not a particular expert on that. Mm-hmm. But um, that's my understanding. Um, so, yeah. So in this particular case, uh, the message here is that that's not being delivered is Canadian COVID CaraAlliance.org uh, media resources that Pfizer inoculations for COVID-19 more harm than good. And um that's so that so that's basically the the URL that's being censored that we can confirm right now by many people. I thought it was so this is this is what he's saying. Um I thought it was one of those fake news uh means going around, but just tested it and is legit with T Mobile. So Let's see here. What else does he say? Um, now I'm curious as to what is the co- what's the content about? What is it that is actually being censored? It has I mean, something to do with so COVID. It, it sounds, well, yeah, I got that much. It but. sounds like they're labeling it as misinformation, um, even though I think so. I don't actually know. I can pull up the story here and see what it what it's about. I mean, obviously it says it. It's so. I think there was a study that was done, and they've concluded that it was basically the inoculations are causing more harm than good. Is is what it and this is from to. Pfizer. Saying that Pfizer itself is admitting that um, it's the Pfizer inoculations. Oh, okay. That a study was done on Pfizer. Yeah, okay. um, that's what it's looking like here. Mm-hmm. Um, What's see, the it's, website it's from? So this is actually a video that they're linking to. It looks like I got you. Um, so I don't actually. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any. Okay, but the more. point of this is to verify that we know somebody who knows. You know, he's a technically adept yeah. person. Uh, this is a person who you can we can trust what he has to say, and he has verified what is being said by other people on the internet, and that is that T-Mobile is at the very minimum censoring this link, and that presumably means they are censoring a larger number of links, but we just don't know for sure how many of them. Right, and this is basically the first confirmation that we've had uh, that there is censoring not only going on on the internet as a whole, like with places like youtube and facebook and things like that but they've actually now extended it to this kind of 1984 everything is being censored uh even even text messages i remember when the story where they tipped their hat to it this summer first came out my initial reaction might might be kind of naive but i was thinking how can they do that and then i was like well i guess because they own the sms systems correct yeah the sms is a cell phone text messaging system and I don't know exactly how it works, but whenever you send a text message, it's not technically going on the internet per se. I mean, I'm sure it is shipped over the internet at some point, but it's going on the cell phone network primarily. It goes to the cell phone provider directly, and then they ship it to wherever it needs to go. So they have full control over what goes in and out over SMS. Yeah, it's so SMS they can't control your data. However, they because if you're using encrypted messaging services, all they know is there's an encrypted data stream right. coming from and to your phone, and they can't so, say anything about that. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure of all the details uh, as far as SMS is concerned. But the way text messaging worked back in the day, because SMS is is, is I mean, it kind of is text messaging, but it's kind of the modern text it's newer, messaging. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it just adds the ability to like embed media or something and yeah, some other that's things. The MMS, as they call it, I think. Oh no, no, no that's something separate too, actually. Um, so yeah, I, I don't recall all the details, but what I know is the original text messaging actually was using basically like the free space that it just kind of piggybacked off of 
what was already being sent. So it didn't take up, it didn't cost the cellular providers anything when you sent a text message, even though they would charge you for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. Uh, but I don't know about the newer the newer uh, stuff. I what, but what I do know is that there is when you send a, a message, a text message, so to speak, using the interface, that there's there's stuff going on in the background where it may end up being encrypted uh, to some degree, even if it's not end to end encrypted. So yeah, well, the clear solution here it is, doesn't even work. Basically, is um, to stop using to the SMS system. Is to make sure that you're sending your messages to your friends over some other form of messaging obviously the more private the better as far as i you know that is concerned you don't want to go with apple you don't want to go with google don't want to go with uh, snapchat well yeah you know what's humorous is actually it's not being censored on apple and google right not yet. now um it doesn't appear not yet and that's the key word yet um yeah. but you know t-mobile is the first to do it but it's probably just a matter of time before the others fall into line and we already know that apple and google are censored you know they're heavy on the censorship on in other areas so it seems like google must not be encrypted to their servers either because they have a new thing that i keep seeing um commercials about that is a reply suggestion. So whenever you get a text, it will suggest what you should respond. Because it's reading it. Yeah, because it read what you received. Yeah. Well, they they can, just because it's encrypted to Google doesn't necessarily mean that Google can't read it. Well, Google can mm. read it. Oh, because okay. it's not end-to-end encrypted. Right. Oh, so. Okay. All right. The number here is 603-283-6160. If you want to comment further on corporate censorship, I guess, like, technically, censorship is when the government commits no, that act, right? It, it, corporations can do it, too. But it's just not doing it the illegal. Beh- they're doing it at the, beh- the behest of the government. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. It's New Year's Eve, the last night of 2021, and we will be here with you throughout it. Radio show ends at 10 o'clock Eastern, but we're going to do an after show later tonight. And so you can join us for that. Go to watch.freetalklive.com and you can find us streaming live on Odyssey at that time. Uh, In the studio tonight, it is Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. Free Talk Live is... uh, sponsoring or i guess sponsored by i don't think we're sponsored by because they're not buying ads we're just uh we're doing a favor for give directly and we're doing some uh, fundraising for give directly it's the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty they locate recipients who are in need and they use mobile money to send them cash with no strings attached in the last decade, Give Directly has given over $400 million to over a million people who really needed some help. And research shows that giving cash to people living in poverty can help drive a range of important positive changes in their lives, like employment, nutrition, health, and education. Plus, cash allows individuals to decide what they need instead of relying on aid organizations and donors thousands of miles away choosing for them. So if that's what you prefer, we agree, and that's why we're matching donations to Give Directly. They're helping families right now in Bumet and Khalifa counties in Kenya who are in need and we're going to match up to $30,000 total. So if you want to help out, go to give.freetalklive.com and you can do that there. Again, that's give.freetalklive.com. And yes, they do accept cryptocurrency at give.freetalklive.com. All right. So uh, in the news, there's this. uh, Well, it's not really in the news. 
And I don't know if it will be in the news. I mean, you mentioned, Chris, this is kind of breaking information. Uh, we, yeah. know, we know somebody who is able to verify that T-Mobile is indeed censoring SMS text messaging with certain, let's say, content critical of COVID, critical of the, you know, the government's official line on COVID, the Pfizer official line on COVID, anything critical of that, apparently, or at least one link that we know of is being censored. And it's just you send that link to your friend on text message through T-Mobile and it's just not going to get there. So uh, what do you do about that? Well, there are solutions. And I would recommend that you look into alternatives for contacting your your friends and your loved ones, such as Matrix. That's one option. That's definitely a good uh, one. Signal is another option. And Telegram is another option. These are three of the, the better options out there as far as... Matrix is a little bit complicated to get set up. But Wouldn't you have to run your own server? No, you don't. If no, you, you can join our server ours. over yeah. at chat.freetalklive.com. It's decentralized, so you can communicate with other people on other servers as well. Hmm. Um, Correct. So. Yeah, federated, I think, is federated the right, is the right term. Because technically, the server itself is obviously centralized. It's sitting somewhere right. in Iraq somewhere. Uh, but uh, but there are multiple matrix servers connected together, and so therefore you can hop. From yeah, one to the next. I mean, kind of that kind of it's not decentralized in that each individual uh, user is like their own node. But correct, um, and that's what they mean. That by would be federated. true full on decentralization. Yeah, it's still I think it's still like decentralized, sort of in the same sense that email is decentralized. Though. There are some interesting experiments out there with full fully decentralized social networks. Yeah, and I've I've tried a few of them, a couple of them over the last two years, and they're just not ready for prime time in fact i would say they're not even beyond like an alpha development stage the last ones that uh, that i checked out somebody told me about uh let's see here what was it called i'm trying to find that there was another there was one that i just found recently oh it's called aether or ether spelled a-e-t-h-e-r hmm. and then i forget what the other one was there was another one we experimented with like early last year before the the uh, the federal government raided our, our oh, studios right. yep um, I'm forgetting the name of that one too. They 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 were kind of neat, kind of like a neat little tech demo. And if I recall, I think you said it worked for one-on-one messaging, but not group messaging. Is that or was that signal? I'm thinking. I know of? what you're thinking of. You're thinking of like a chat. I'm not talking about a chat. I'm talking about social like networking. Okay. So the uh, the idea behind these things is you can post whatever thing you wanted to post. Like it would be kind of like a Twitter or whatever, but where you post like a little update or a picture or something like that okay but you have to connect to other friends in order for them to even be seeing you in the first place or so it's more like a decentralized mastodon yeah you could look at it that way okay yeah. and mastodon for those who don't know is like twitter basically except that it's, it's centrally hosted on some mastodon is federated and what you're talking about is actually decentralized so yeah okay i know what the other one was called it was called uh manyverse or pub i think the pub server i think it was called manyverse if Isn't, I recall correctly, I, I thought that was the same stuff Mastodon's based off of. Is that mm. is it the same protocol? Just somehow they make it more decentralized. You're asking too many questions. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> I haven't looked at it recently. But the idea is your posts would not go beyond like your your social network, mm-hmm. and your social network would have to actually come into contact with you or have a direct link to you huh. uh, online. Now you can run a server 
and therefore people can hop into that server and kind of make it easier to find people that they might know but it doesn't require the servers in order to run and it can and it can transmit data over bluetooth and over wi-fi so therefore if the the internet is down then as long as you you know as long as people are sort of milling about and and seeing different people right like Amongst your social network, you might see certain number of people, and then somebody from that group might see other people, and and so sort of through the natural workings of humans crossing across you know time and space, uh, messages would then be transmitted between this over the uh, course of many months, I presume, over however long it. Well, again, that would be if there was no internet uh, oh, over okay. which to to transmit. So the idea. Oh, I is see. So it, it is, does use the internet if it's available. Correct. Um. So so potentially, yeah, yeah. Okay. I see. So. so be robust, would be it would be robust enough to continue on without the internet depending how many people just are on it. Correct. probably much slower yeah <laughs> without the internet yeah. yeah okay so it's kind of an interesting thing um and and and, and in this aether one or ether when i when i tested that one out uh it's it's more of like a i don't know if you'd call it like a bulletin board but like a an anonymous posting board if you okay. will and and it's also, again, similarly decentralized, but there's no central servers whatsoever. But there just wasn't anything happening there. <laughs> there was just almost no, uh, almost no content. So I mean, very, very early content, uh, very, very early level stuff here. I feel but, like if you're saying that, it really is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, these are these are important technologies, and I'm glad people are are developing them. So. Yeah, yeah. These are definitely. Uh, I think. I think we need to see more people begin. You know, slowly begin to migrate and adopt some of these technologies. And I've been. I've actually been very happy with uh, with Matrix and, and its adoption mm-hmm. in in this past year. Um, because you know we tried five years ago and it, it just didn't take off. But you know this past year it's really it's really you know it's grown up and it's it's seeing users and not just in our community but outside our community too. There's a lot more people. The so. tech is better. It's easier. It's more accessible yeah. than it was five years ago. And also things seem more important now, I think, to a lot of people because of what's happening in the world, because of what's happening with the insane crackdowns on freedom, uh, COVID-related stuff. And in fact, I know, Bonnie, you wanted to talk about that. Coming up, we'll get into, you have a story about trusting science. Of course, science is a thing that should always be questioned. So you should never trust science, right? Like you should constantly be checking it. Science is just not static. And testing it and and prodding and, you know, questioning. And the number here, if you want to join us, (laughs) 603-283-6160. When you hear people talk about trust science, it's really a religious statement, isn't it? Like you should believe in their particular quote-unquote science and don't believe any of the other scientists that might say something different. 603-283-6160. We can talk about that. Of course, you can share your thoughts here as well and take control of the airwaves. If you've got a cool, like, decentralized social networking system that we haven't heard about, give us a call and let us know. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com It is Free Talk Live. And you can bring up anything you want here. The number is 603-283-6160 on this New Year's Eve edition of the show. With you tonight, it's Ian. 
It's Bonnie. And Chris. And don't forget, you can support Free Talk Live like Cat Cooper is doing over on our new Patreon, which we're calling AMPS, A-M-P-S, Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to get behind what we do here on Free Talk Live to help us uh, get the ideas of liberty and decentralization, cryptocurrency, some of these cool uh, techno tools that we like to talk about from time to time uh, here on Free Talk Live because, you know, it's important. you got to have the right tools if you're going to be able to get rid of the idea of the state, right? Like, we have to be able to to communicate without having centralized corporations standing in the way. And so every now and then, it's it's important to have these conversations and and update ourselves on what the latest tech is out there and what the most usable tech is out there, because the latest ain't always the greatest, but there's some interesting potential out there that's worthy of uh, of a mention. Uh, So you can share your thoughts with us here, 603-283-6160. And I, I did pull up some of the info because it was just off the top of my head. I, we weren't planning on having this this discussion, but uh, the, the tech that I've experimented with over the last year or two, uh, as far as the, the full-on decentralization, because we, we like Mastodon. We've got our own Mastodon server. It is a self-hosted uh, social media server that does basically what Twitter does, yep. but without the mega corporation. And so we're running our own Mastodon server over at social.freetalklive.com. You can go there right now. You can sign up. You can post to your heart's content and follow other people on other Mastodon servers. Because, again, that's also federated, meaning that it's connected to other Mastodons out there, unless they've chosen to disconnect from us for whatever reason, which they can do. Because that's one of the benefits of, of being federated is you can disfederate, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, I mean the one great thing about you know this federation is that... Even when, even if if your server is you know defederated from some other server, there's still thousands of other servers out there that are not going to defederate you. So you you can't be kicked off effectively uh, of of like you can get kicked off of Twitter, but you can't get kicked off the Mastodon. No, yeah. Um, I like the part about our on Mastodon that is different from our Matrix. I mean, obviously they're both really different, but. I like yeah, that Matrix on, is chat, Mastodon is social media. Yes, but I like that on Mastodon you can see everything your friends and people you post are following on one right. tab, but then you can also go to like kind of like a world news thing. I don't know. Yeah, you it can look at like local. That. You can look at what's going on on the local server that you're on. So you can mm. see everybody that you don't follow and what they're posting on that same server. And then you can press the global tab and it yeah. just shows you a there straight up global. feed of, of whatever the hell else is on Mastodon, and that's which fun. is a lot of you never know what. Yeah, I, I actually get uh, I see stuff from multiple different communities that, that I'm part of. Yeah. Um. So it's definitely Mastodon is is like it's it's it might be in some sense the new kid on the block, but it's it's pop it's getting much more popular. It isn't than even it was that new. It's been around ago, for several years, years right? It, like Mastodon it has, but up until like a couple years ago, there was nobody on it other than yeah. people in like the free software world and sure. um, you know open source world. So and now you've got uh, Donald Trump. Is about yep. to launch his own Mastodon on uh, what do they call it? Truth Social, I think, is the site. It hasn't started yet, but that's going to be a Mastodon site. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got the right, you've got the left, you got the libertarians on Mastodon. Yeah. You got everybody seeming uh, seemingly these days on Mastodon because of all the censorship and you know all all of the you know the, the garbage that's going on in the world. And it's funny. It's a lot of this is a, a lot of um, the stuff behind Mastodon. Now there's there's multiple like implementations. Like there's different tools. So and there's certain protocols. Like they're all open protocols. But um, Mastodon itself is a lot of people who develop it are actually on the left. They're leftists. <laughs> so, yeah, which is why they're mad. 
mad. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. mad about Trump adopting Mastodon, and they were talking about suing him. Well, I think Trump got the it. idea from Ian, because Ian is always suggesting so to Trump that I, he does it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you have, kind of have to back off a little bit on that, or, or carefully phrase it. It's not it's not that they're using it that they can sue over, it's that they violated the licenses. License. Um, so, assuming that Trump complies, there's nothing to, to sue over, but mm. yeah. It's, now, I'm it's, not sure how they're saying that Trump is violating the license, but I and yeah, I haven't read the stories about I, it, so and, I don't. And I don't I'm not 100 percent sure either. I may or may not have read the stories in detail, or I may have just read the summary of it. But it's likely. I I, I kind of have a feeling that they kind of jumped on. They kind of frequently people will end up releasing the sources for stuff, but it won't be the same time they release the binary. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that happened or if they were announcing it and because the sources weren't available, you know, the left kind of, you know, jumped on board about how they're going to sue mm. because they don't like Trump, you know? Yeah. Well, the site's not even open yet. Right. So it's just, they, if it's somebody, not open, then somebody I don't found see where a the back door at some point. There was like, apparently they had put the site secretly online and somebody oh, found it. Um, okay. But anyway, let's go to Sydney. He's on the line in Pennsylvania. Sydney, you're on free talk live. Go ahead. Yeah, hey guys. Um, about the uh, censorship of SMS messages, um, yeah. I experienced that very quickly back in November 20th. I was switching. I use Android. I was switching to a new Android phone. I personally use Signal mm-hmm. for my chats, um, but in this case, uh, Signal is kind of a complicated switch over if you want to switch phones. So mm-hmm. I didn't do it for a day or two. My girlfriend and I were chatting. I sent her a link to something I thought her brother could use. And she never got it. Mm. I was like, hey, what's going on? You didn't get the link. So I had to send it in a screenshot, and she got it. So we played around with it a little bit. If I introduced any characters into the link, it would show up on her side. Um, if I used a message, like a, um, if I said anything in the message and included the link, that whole message would not get sent. Wow. Uh, she'd not, she wouldn't see it on the other side. And what was the um, content of the link? What was the, the topic yeah, of it? It's, it's studiobitcoin.com. It's for Spanish-speaking people, um, an introduction to Bitcoin. It's very similar Whoa. to Bitcoin. Interesting. Wow. So so this is, hold on. So T-Mobile is censoring Bitcoin information? So I'm a T-Mobile subscriber. She has Sprint. She uses iPhone. Uh, we play uh, that same exact day. I sent her links like CNN. Those went through just mm-hmm. fine. This link just wouldn't go through. And so we ended up joking. I'm looking at uh, my text message uh, log right now. We were joking about how wow it's a big surprise that link wouldn't go through hmm. so uh, okay let me ask you this um you're on a some sort of android device and she's on an iphone yes okay that makes sense because that is uh again this is what i was saying about how if it's if it's encrypted uh by either google or apple um so if you're it's the same device if it's yeah. two apples they can't censor it because it's not actually going mm-hmm. over the sms the normal sms network right um yeah. But if it's uh, between an Android and a and an iPhone, unless of course Apple decides to start censoring two right, things right, too, which exactly. they certainly yeah. want to do. Uh, Sydney, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Anything else you want to share tonight? No, that's it. I would definitely recommend Signal. Well, I actually can't find StudioBitcoin.com. Studio Studio with E S T U D I O Bitcoin.com. It's for Spanish speaking. It means like study Bitcoin. Very okay. good. Thanks, dude. I appreciate the uh, the heads up on that. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. And, you know, maybe their excuse for that is, oh, well, we're censoring Bitcoin-related sites to keep people from being scammed because there's potential scams out there. And so we're just going to censor All those sites. sites. <laughs> I don't know. 
it's still not okay yeah it's uh, <laughs> yeah this is this is uh yeah it's it's actually interesting um the censorship and it, it it's possible that that is the case i have actually had um stuff that got rejected email wise uh, like like so i have a show called from decrypted and we send out a a weekly newsletter just covering you know what the topics are that we covered in the show and what i noticed is that some servers are rejecting mail if it had the has the word bitcoin in it oh my so god so it is theoretically possible that they're just trying to protect their their uh, you know t-mobile were trying to protect their users but the fact that they're they're doing it for covid stuff as well as bitcoin stuff like yeah. uh, you know there's a uh, it's really yeah it's still sneaky. it's very slimy yeah so uh, I just wanted to update people because uh, in the last segment I was mentioning some of the the newer tech and it was I just wasn't sure I was remembering the name correctly. Manyverse is the name of the thing that uh, that, that we tested out here in the Keen area last year. Uh, it is a decentralized social media. It's called Scuttlebutt is what it's based on. So I guess that's the protocol. Uh, but it's called Manyverse Hub Server. Their website many. V-E-R.se. Many V-E-R.se. It's called a social network off the grid. That one was pretty cool. Like it has a lot of potential. It was mostly working. It's just kind of a little bit janky, a little bit kind of weird, kind of beta level. And it's still in beta, but definitely one to keep your eye on. The other's called Ether, and no one's using that one. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open if you want to join us here. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. Bonnie, you wanted to talk about trusting the science. We're going to get into that here. And I do want to let you know that you can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. All of the features that we have there for you are completely free, so... Head over there, enjoy those on us, and uh, those do include our decentralized or more decentralized alternatives to the big tech sensor happy companies like Twitter and uh, whatever other ones there are out there. So you can go to chat.freetalklive.com to check out our our, our matrix server and social.freetalklive.com for our Mastodon server, and then you will have more freedom to express yourself. In fact, we've never had to ban anyone from the, the chat server. Which is nice because there's no one holding an axe over our heads, so we're not we don't have to be uh, you know we don't we're not held to some terms of service. Oh, they'll by delete some our page. corporation. Yeah, they can't they can't delete us, which is nice. It's a nice feeling. So that does mean you will encounter some ugly people in the in the chat yeah. server, and it is completely you know well, no, up I to hate them. Ugly people. It is completely <laughs> up to them as to what they well, create there. So now, now one of the things that is is uh, nice though about this server, the Matrix server, is that there are other private rooms. Yes, you and can create, can your, create own your own room, yeah. and you can promote that to other people as right. well. Yeah, the old system that we had. We had to create all the rooms and we had to police the rooms because if something happened in the rooms that was against the terms of service of the corporation, then they would punish us for it. And now we don't have to do no, that. That's not even allowed anymore. They just kicked us off, right? Well, yeah, they blew up They blew up our quote, our quote unquote yeah. server. So good riddance to them. It's been over a year now that we've had this matrix uh, running and it's been, yeah. a, it's been a great year. So check it out at chat.freetalklive.com. Bonnie, what did you want to talk about tonight? I have this by Tom Mullen from Fee the foundation for economic education it's called the author who warned us against blindly trusting the science it's thomas kuhn thomas kuhn's 
1962 work, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, revealed why we should not confuse scientists with science. Okay. Attacks on me are, quite frankly, attacks on science, said Anthony Fauci to widespread ridicule or approval, depending upon which side you were on. Yeah, I mean, if you think about Fauci as a head priest in a church, and you replace science with God then that statement becomes a little bit more clear, right? Attacks on me are attacks against God. Right. If you attack the Pope, you're attacking God, essentially, is what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, usually you're going to find differing opinions um, and then it's, it's, I usually, usually they don't, most of the time we're talking about theories. It's not like, it's not a hundred percent, right? And if you, if you give it time, those theories have to evolve as we discover New information. New information, yeah. right? And that's why they're being tested constantly. Right. And that's the whole idea behind science, right. right? Like somebody comes up with a theory, they test it, they say, this t- theory tests out. And then somebody else comes by and says, no, it doesn't. I've proven that it doesn't. And here's how I proved it. And you can check my math. And you know, right. And then somebody else comes by and says, but your math is wrong. And, 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 and know, sometimes it's like, okay, you're 70% right with that original theory. Yeah. And then over time it becomes okay. And, and, and that might even become practically useful for for something, right? Yeah, but, sure. You know, 70% of the time you get to your destination because of, I don't know, some sort of GPS technology. But then over time, you it gets improved as you learn more about triangulation or something. Yeah, you get closer and to then, the truth. Right, right. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, you get 99.95%, right? But when you have some priest like Fauci saying that he is the science, <laughs> he is the embodiment of, quote unquote, the, the science. science, we're talking about a religion. Yeah, and if anything, Fauci has done a lot of harm to science in general over the last few years just by his stupid lockdowns that he promoted. I met a woman when I was at work at the Mighty Moose Smart, and she's a neuroscientist. She said at the beginning of the pandemic, she was living in Canada, and she had all these animals in her lab that she was testing on, and she said she was getting right into the meat of some kind of an experiment. She was a neuroscientist, Mm -hmm. and because... They weren't allowing her to go to her lab. Uh, those animals, you know, they are past their use date. Like, they were rats and stuff like that, so they're all dead now. And so she lost so much. Um, basically, she ha- will ha- would have to restart it whenever she's allowed to do that again. Governments have been, you know, a huge uh, detriment to scientific research yeah, sure. uh, over the years. And we, we've, en- we've ended up in a situation where you can't, trust a lot of what's coming out um between you know between governments and between corporations right well because a lot of it's been funded by the state Mm. a lot of it's funded by the state and a lot of it's corporations funded by corporations and whoever funds the quote-unquote research then usually ends up getting the research they're looking for i I forget what the statistics is but it's something like like a 60 40 split as far as like whether or not research can even be duplicated, right? So, you know, the scientific, uh, what is the scientific method, I believe? You're yeah. supposed to be able to duplicate. Uh, sure. Somebody else is supposed to be able to duplicate your results. And get the same results. <laughs> and get the same results. And it's it's that's not the case for a, a big percentage of, uh, you know, papers that, that mm-hmm. get published. Well, it goes on to say, um, so depending on which side you're on, Sorry, I read that in the middle of a sentence. It says, if you doubt his, so Fauci's, judgment personally, you must not believe in, quote, the science. 
Fauci went on to claim that all of the things we've he's talked about were fundamentally based on science. Let's put the weasel words aside and recognize that what he wants you to believe that all his official policy recommendations, all the things we've talked about, quote unquote, were firmly proven effective through application of the scientific method. And it's demonstrably false. Mm. The most rigorous, most scientific studies show precisely the opposite. Fauci was a proponent of what has become to be known as lockdowns, the widespread closure of businesses and or stay-at-home orders for the general population. Dozens of studies show that this had no demonstrable effect on the spread of COVID-19. Right. And now, uh, isn't New York City having drastic numbers of new cases of Omicron, even though they have all these vaccine passports and restrictions? I mean, they're they're one of the most heavily restricted cities in the United States, and and they've got record levels. Maybe to um, protect the um, reputation of his vaccines. That's why Fauci recently came out and said, oh, cases aren't the same thing as deaths mm-hmm. he, he didn't say those words exactly but he was saying there are people who are in the hospital with covid but that doesn't mean that when they die it's because of covid they just died with that. covid yeah he we saw the recently video admitted that. that i mean we've known that since the beginning of this he, pandemic he admitted that there was a small percentage of well he, he didn't say what the percentage was yeah. we've been uh, saying that for like was it two three years now yeah <laughs> and he's finally now yeah. admitting you know in one interview which of course will be completely ignored by of the majority of the you know the propagandists out there yep i think he's just saying that to uh protect the reputation of his vaccine because people are like wait a minute in new york city where they have a lot of people vaccinated their their cases are just going up and up Mm -hmm. that's right as one after another came out fauci went on talking about lockdowns as if the evidence was non-existent now there's evidence against them you mean yes now there are studies being conducted every day on this or that aspect of COVID-19 and I'm sure Fauci and his supporters can produce links to some that support lockdowns. While there are no absolutes, here is a general observation. The most scientific studies, the randomized controlled trial studies with large sample sizes measuring results in the real world, tend to point towards the inefficacy of non-pharmaceutical interventions, NPIs. NPIs include antisocial distancing, Masks and lockdowns. Hmm. Less scientific studies, those with small sample sizes or based on laboratory experiments rather than experience in the real world, tend to point towards efficacy. Remember the experiment on mannequins wearing masks? You get the picture. No, I don't remember and that. And I have this little memory of that. I read this article before I brought it in and hmm. I forgot to look it up because I have a, like some memory of that, but I... Hmm. Don't know what it is. So he said that the big scientific studies of real life applications of all these non pharmaceutical interventions, mm-hmm. masks and social, social distancing, distancing lockdowns, shows it's not those things are ineffective. Yep. The, but yet the government gang continues to push them because they can find links. Oh, or you know, a study here or there that it supports even, them. Right. Even if they can or they can't, they they still just want you to believe. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, we know the masks don't actually prevent the uh the disease from being spread but you should wear it anyway just in case you know (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting how the selection bias plays out here uh it's like and i i mean this is something that probably plays out for everybody with an opinion but it's still it's like it's particularly prominent here (laughs) yeah oh yeah we admit that the uh six foot thing was completely arbitrary there was somebody came out and said that oh yeah recently oh yeah this was totally arbitrary we just picked a number but you should still do it anyway, just because. Just be you know, safe. We said so. 
just be obedient, okay, people? Do what, quote-unquote, the science says. And we are the science. This is what the government people want you to believe. And it is a sick illness of obedience and so-called authority. We're going to continue. You've got more to the story, Bonnie, on the way in hour two. And you can join us and bring up anything. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, kicking off the second hour here on this New Year's Eve episode of the show. Of course, we do this show live all seven nights a week. So yeah, we're going to be here live on New Year's Day as well. We'll look forward to uh, seeing you throughout the holidays, I guess, which are almost over. Uh, But we're always here, seven days a week, 365 days per year, 7 to 10 at night, Eastern Time. You're always welcome to join us as well. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. We're talking about, quote, the science and what that is, because it's not actually science, it's... A religious alternative. It is a secular religion, if you will, that is being promulgated by the state, which itself is a religion. It's being promulgated by the state's besties, the mega corporations like uh, Pfizer and Moderna. I mean, they're more than besties with Moderna. They're business partners. Yeah, they they all stand to benefit from this particular arrangement. The state benefits because, well, as you say, Bonnie, there's some evidence out there that they might be actually investors in corporations like Moderna. And their vaccine specifically. Well, yeah. the mRNA technology specifically. And, of course, the vaccine manufacturers have long been protected from any liability for their mm. actions. That's not new. That's been the case with vaccines for a long time. Uh, so there's no liability for them making something that could possibly do harm to uh, to other people. The government gang, of course, promoting uh, people inject this stuff into their veins without anybody really knowing what exactly it does. Uh, you know, you just trust this mega corporation. Uh, it's basically fascism, and it is scary stuff that's been going on here. And they use quote unquote the science as their justification for all of this. When, as you pointed out, Chris, they've thrown out the scientific method here. They've thrown out the constant questioning, the constant testing and retesting and, you know, groups, you know, trying to prove whoever it is that makes a claim wrong. That's just that's gone. It's I, you know, I think I think more it might be even more so that it's the studies are often faulty and then there mm. will be uh, government officials who take and manipulate that as if it is 
you know, this is the fact. And yeah. it's not a fact. It's it's a it's study. A study. Yeah. And you can uh, interpret it in, often you can interpret it in various ways. Um, but you will also then often find that those people who did the study will say, no, that's not that's not what the data shows. Or even right. if the, so, that one study does show the data, a lot of times they'll just base it off one study. Like uh, the story goes on to say. And where is this from? Uh, the Foundation for Economic Freedom. Okay. Says, let's not forget that early in 2020, Fauci said a study based on a single case of asymptomatic spread of COVID-19 lays the question to rest. <laughs> One what? case. <laughs> what are you? You can't even do about? a study. I mean, that's called a case study. That's not <laughs> even how that works. Yeah. That right. You have to have a certain number of participants in order. I mean, the more participants in the study, the more generally considerable it is. And if you're just looking at one case, then that's that's just a case study. It goes on and says, and guess what? It turned out the patient documented in the case had never been asked if she had symptoms. When it turns out she was symptomatic at the time of transmission, the study was unpublished. Subsequent studies failed to prove asymptomatic spread was significant. A December 2020 study looking at secondary attack rates within the same household published right on the NIH Fauci's website or Fauci's agency's website says it's minuscule if it exists at all. Yet Fauci goes on talking as if this study doesn't exist. He has no choice. Without asymptomatic spread, there is no justification for lockdowns or mandating masks for asymptomatic people. Mm. Yeah, well, there's no justification for it, I think, even if there is. Uh, You know, lockdowns should be a choice of the individual. If you're sick, stay home. Yeah, that's I mean, look, and this is a thing. It's one thing to provide good advice. The problem is they're not providing good advice and no. they're mandating it, which means they're going to use violence against you if you choose yeah. to disobey, you know, whatever their edict is. Yeah. I mean, just recently saw another person being arrested in a Burger King in New York City. There have been people arrested in Applebee's, uh, Cheesecake Factory, Burger King now. There's been multiple. Uh, Panera Bread was another one where they arrested an army yeah. veteran. I'm a little mixed on that only because this are, this is people violating people's, other people's private property rights, which is not yeah, quite the same thing. Yeah, they're enforcing the government rules. Yeah, that's that's true. And, and, and It's I the vaccine passport that they're arresting them for. They, they're, oh, it is. They don't have okay. the vaccine passport, so therefore okay. they're not allowed to eat. Gotcha. I thought it was, um, a vol- they were, you were talking about voluntarily being, no, people no. being kicked out. No, New York the- City, Okay, vaccine passport is mandatory for children, even. To uh, five to ages five to eleven, they have I, to have a vaccine passport. Yeah, I know somewhere we there was a story we covered where somebody was basically arrested for, um, I think it was trespassing rather than the vaccine passport. Correct. Yeah, that's point. how they're doing it. So okay, that, because in order to arrest somebody over the vaccine passport, that would mean they would then get to challenge that in court. And there, it probably isn't even actually a law. But if, on the other hand, they simply say. Oh, well, the restaurant said you have to leave. Well, why'd they ask me to leave? But well, because you didn't have a vaccine passport. But the restaurants are required by law to force people to leave if they don't have a vaccine passport. Correct. And but, that's where the problem lies. But the uh, the arrest and the charge is for trespass because then the person doesn't leave because they're, you know, understandably upset about not being served uh, at a place where they previously have been served and and uh, and now they're not. And I, th- I suspect it's actually the restaurant that's going to take the heat 
if they serve people without vaccine passports. So it's probably the yeah. restaurant that's being targeted, sort of like in Keene. They used to target the uh, the business owners for the mask mandate. Sure. Uh, same things going on in New and, York City. And you can tell that, it, that it's the case that the businesses were reacting to the government now, especially because right now there's a mask mandate in Keene. However, it does uh, it now targets the individual, not the business owner. That's right. And if you notice, there's no signs on a lot of the doors of businesses uh, as unlike before, especially even places. Now, there's still don't get me wrong. There's still places that are very masky yep. and they will they are enforcing it of their own uh you know, volu- they want to enforce it, right? Right. Um, so it's, it's not- a signal to a certain customer right, group, right? Right. Exactly. So it's not the case that it, there are definitely um, there's definitely a mix. I think is the best way to describe it of businesses that are doing it because they want to do it, and then there's others that are doing it only because the government is forcing them to. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Businesses should be able to make decisions for themselves, and their customers Absolutely. should also. Uh, but uh, what more, Bonnie, from the story that you have from Foundation for Economic Education? It says, on a rare occasion where the largely useless national media confronted Fauci with a question about how Texas could be doing so well four weeks after abandoning all COVID restrictions, he had no answer. Maybe, quote, maybe they're doing more outside, he mused. Then he went on recommending the same policies as if the question had never been posed. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's just the old propaganda um, trick from the Nazis, right? Uh, their propaganda minister. You just keep repeating the same lie over and over again, and people will start to believe it. So, somebody confronts you with something contrary to that? Okay, well, in the United States, you can't send them to a gulag quite yet, so you just simply ignore their statement as best as possible, and then you just push forward with the same old lies. Wasn't New York or someplace actually setting up quarantine camps or something of that nature? Uh, there's going to be a hearing perhaps next week. On the and 5th. There may be a bill yeah, on January 5th in New York State of a bill that was proposed uh-huh. a year ago. So okay. it was proposed that they would then be allowed to, if this bill passes... Mm-hmm. Just sweep up as many people as uh, as the governor deems necessary. And Anybody put them in that camps. the governor deems a public health risk, yeah. which so, is so many, you know, it, that just is so vague. Yeah. And, and and if you think it can't happen, well, there's other Western countries uh, that are doing it. Australia, um, Australia, uh, I believe, is one of them. Yeah. So it's you know, uh, you know, thinking that you know, oh, it'll never happen here. Mm, well, it's it already happened happening. here. Um, in World War Two, sure. with the Japanese internment camps, that's right. It wasn't public L- health safety. But it, was, yeah. it was just public safety. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea that we haven't had concentration camps, you know, before that's, is ridiculous. Be false. They even yeah. claimed that they did it for the Japanese people's safety. Sure, and that's what they're going to say this time. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're going to say the same thing again. I'm sure, especially with this COVID mm-hmm. situation. What else? Says Fauci wasn't alone when White House coronavirus advisor Anthony Slavitt was asked why lockdown and masked California um, and restriction-free Florida were having similar results in terms of COVID spread. He began his answer with perhaps the only honest words that have ever escaped a public health official's mouth. There is so much of this virus that we think we understand, that we think we can predict, that it's just a little bit beyond our explanation. Quote. (laughs) 603-283-6160 is the number. If you want to join us, you can. Coming up, is Bitcoin worse than a Ponzi scheme? We can talk about that. Of course, you can bring up anything.
This is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here. If you want to join us on this live New Year's Eve edition of the show, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio here tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. As we continue here, we will take your calls and your thoughts about whatever you want. And we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business and organization launch their own currency or use uh, tokens to raise some money. And now Intercoin has launched its investor token worldwide. And for the first time, you can get it on an exchange over at xmarkets.com. That's exmarkets.com. All you need to sign up at xmarkets is an email address, so your privacy is kept intact. And you can then deposit dozens of different cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and use that Tether to buy ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. And you can learn more about the Intercoin vision over at intercoin.org and buy or sell ITR on xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. Let's go to Oliver calling from somewhere incognito. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Oliver. Yeah, I just called in for a last-minute holiday movie recommendation. For anyone who's skeptical of all the COVID hysteria, there's actually a recent movie that hits that spot. It's a new British film with Keira Knightley called Silent Night. It's like a dark comedy about the end of the world, and the basic idea is that there are all these storms of deadly toxic clouds spreading worldwide instead of a virus, it's poison gas. And in Britain, the solution they come up with is to send every British citizen a suicide pill so hmm. they can take it before the storms I've hit their this. location. Was it good? Uh, I thought it was decent. Okay. I mean, the story itself focuses on like a group of friends and family members who have uh, gathered to spend one last Christmas together before taking the pill and checking out for good. But the big twist is they're trying to keep the kids in the dark about it. And when the cat's out of the bag, it forces all the characters to have some conversations about freedom of choice and about questioning authority and scientific experts and just about being able to take your own risks in life. So I I thought it was a really obvious allegory for uh, the COVID stuff. When was this made? This was just came out like a month ago, I think. Wow. And you've already seen it, Chris? I, yeah, I have. Um, I, I think the best part of it was the end, which I can't give. I, I would give it away. If yeah, I, yeah. Otherwise, if I told you about what it was, but yeah, it has a good, good twist, twist at the end. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't, I'm trying to think like, I, I, I didn't watch it from the beginning to the end exactly. I kind of kind of skipped through parts of it. Um but um but yeah, it was um I you know what it is? I think it was kind of a in some respect it was kind of boring, but in other respects because it's like, you know, it's like a video about like people just it's like a Chris it's like watching home it was almost like watching a home video right like a Christmas party. It's a very British um, film with a very British sensibility of comedy. So Yeah. And it's called Silent Night. Yeah, so 2021. Yeah, like the Christmas Carol. Very good, Oliver. Anything else you want to share tonight? No, that's all. But Thanks. it is a very uh, dark comedy. So if, if the idea of yeah. parents giving their own kids suicide pills, that, that might not be for everyone. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I like dark comedies. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, man. Uh, and Happy New Year as well. My favorite dark Christmas movie is Holiday in Handcuffs. Yeah, we watched that the other day, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was funny. Pretty ridiculous and fun. Uh, 603-283-6160, also ridiculous, uh, sometimes fun. Sarah is on the line. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Sarah. Yes, I just want to bring up the attention to these uh, prison bunk beds at our, at our homeless shelter. So what they are is the 
there's a bunk beds, the top and the bottom beds, and mm-hmm. the top one has no um, guardrail at all. Right. Yep. You know those lock uh, rails. Yep. And and I just think that we must be number one in like the worst homeless shelter in the nation. You had called about this homeless shelter before, and if I recall correctly, you're saying what they're doing in Albuquerque is they're taking an old jail that has been closed down, and they're repurposing it into an institutional homeless shelter, and you're bringing up the fact that in jail, you don't get a little guardrail to uh, to block you from rolling off the top bunk and hitting a concrete floor, and and you're you're concerned about that. Well, you know, and and, that... Um, well, actually, I had to sleep on these for like a month or two. Oh, you went to jail? Uh, you know, or were you at a homeless shelter? No, no, I was at or the post. homeless shelter because uh, I was trying to hold on to that uh, the apartment, you mm-hmm. know, because of that noise. So I was at the shelter. I was there for about two two months. And I was terrified of falling asleep. And I met people that have, fall, uh, that have fell off, hit their head and fell off. And... The whole attitude was, well, just be happy that you're not sleeping on the sidewalk on a cardboard or mm. freezing to death. And so it's just too bad, you know? Um, yeah, so, I can no. see why that's a concern for some people, especially in, and like, I think the average person, to some extent, you know, you don't roll out of bed because your bo- your body would probably be aware. Yeah, that I've just never even went close to rolling off a of bed. That that's, that could happen. I think most people wouldn't do that. However... If you are a drunken homeless person who's checking into the shelter for the night, three sheets to the wind, <laughs> there's a good chance that you might roll out of but bed. Then again, my little sister, who's like a ten-year-old, she rolls off the bed all the time, like more than anyone else I've ever heard of. Yeah, that's yeah, scary. She that, just moves around so I, much in her sleep. I think it's. I think it, it, it tends to be more of a thing with little kids, like three, mm. four, five-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually, the kids, you know, by the time they're six or you know a little bit older, they're they're out, grown out of the mm. rolling over off the bed thing. <laughs> well, it's definitely the less I would say preferred spot to be. In a, in a bunk situation yeah, in a definitely. jail is you don't want to be on the top bunk in general because of there's a risk of that it's low but there is that risk and uh, and then also it's just it's a pain to get up there and it's a pain to get down from there it's just not as easy uh, as just being able to lie down on the the lower bunk so Sarah but there's nothing you can do about it right besides maybe raise money to add you know weld some steel on the side of these uh, <laughs> these old jail bunks or something like that and well and, you know the, the the thing is, I am doing something about it by talking about it on this radio station. You know, um, I don't know. Yeah, but how talk many... is cheap. You, you know, somebody would have yeah. to raise the money to actually go in there, hire a professional welder, and go into however many hundreds of these bunk beds that they have, and and do that work. It can be done, or buy entirely new beds, which that still alone costs money. would be way more money. I mean, these yeah. are the, these things are like permanently but, installed you know, the on these that, walls hmm. you know it's well, not gonna they, be they easy. are gonna they are gonna build that gateway center and the voters we have voted two times on the ballot of our city election that we want the the bonds to raise the money for the shelter so it took them like four so you want to get a new shelter is what you're saying you want to replace the existing shelter with a new shelter yeah, they 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 already picked out a spot, and they're going to build it. Okay. They're going to turn. Well, then the problem will be solved at at some point. Then, so you just have to be patient, and they'll they'll probably have a better situation. It's kind of uh, sad that future. people will bring this up um, for homeless people, but won't bring it up for prisoners. A lot of people who are in jail for um, 
no reason that involves hurting another person yeah. or just because they're just in there being held before they get proven guilty of anything. You know, it's just as sad that they have to sleep on a horrible mattress, on yeah, a horrible bed. You're right but about people that. People only care about homeless people who don't work. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for the call, Sarah. I appreciate it. You're absolutely right about that, Bonnie. But people in jail are basically non-existent. They, uh, no one cares about them with the exception of the handful of people in their lives that actually care about them. Otherwise, they all get treated as though they're a bunch of vicious criminals, even though the bulk of them have probably never actually harmed anyone else. Uh, there's so many victimless crimes. More coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We've been talking about, quote-unquote, the science, which is another name for a secular god that has been promoted by the people in the state. Of course, the state itself is a god to people. They don't realize that. They don't think about it that way, overtly. But that's ultimately how it behaves. Yeah, the state's trying to lend itself credibility by using science, you know, quote unquote, yep. um, to justify its actions. And it, it just, it, it doesn't. Well, it's working very well. I mean, it's, it might be convincing people, uh, yeah. but it's 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 uh, it's malicious. It's wrong. It's it's immoral. I sure. think most people believe at least that the state is a lot more powerful than it is. Like I caught myself doing hmm. it today, and what then I well, I caught myself doing it today, and then I thought about how I had done that, and I was like, hmm, I bet most people don't go down this thought pattern after they think something like this. Well, our friend was flying a drone, and I saw how you could see the whole neighborhood. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, would and police ever shoot it down and no. he said they wouldn't be able to and i thought well it's weird that my brain just immediately thought oh there's the cops can get rid of your drone when really how would they do that they'd have to shoot into the no, air the, the in the reason, neighborhood the reason they wouldn't do that is because that violates uh the faa and federal rules and it, it's a it's a major 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 uh crime to shoot down any kind of aircraft <laughs> yeah I well whether it's could- a law or the fact that they don't have the power to do it Still, my brain immediately thought, oh, they you can't just do, do whatever it. you want. Never, the cops will stop you. Whatever you do, never shoot at a drone. It's like, I mean, I that's... Never. Okay, so the seriousness of the the way they they take that crime so seriously uh, because they take they treat shooting a drone down as if you were shooting down a, you know... Plane. You know, a plane with wow. 300 yeah. people on it. Um, that's how they would treat that. 
Uh, well, so. plus the what goes up must come down, yeah. and you miss, and that bullet's going to come down somewhere, yeah. and it's going to possibly hit somebody. Sure, maybe there's a safety risk to it, but and it's... now you're looking at a manslaughter charge. Yeah, yeah. Case, right. Yeah, uh, or involuntary I mean, manslaughter. That's, or that's basically what they treat it as if you shoot at a drone. Right. So, but don't do when that. the police <laughs> shoot at things, then they usually get exempted from all those laws. So. If I think what you'd probably see them do is try to track it and then find out where it lands. They would probably yeah. try to eyeball it and follow it. Now, the drone can probably move faster than the police can. So it the just disappeared into the sky. I yeah. was like, wow, it's so tiny. They would probably try to locate the drone operator That's what and, I'm saying. and go after it that way <laughs> right. because then they wouldn't be violating the law. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, yeah. That that said, as Bonnie pointed out, the drone basically can disappear if it's so small, it can go so high, and then you know the odds that they're going to be able to track yep. it meaningfully, unless they happen to be in the immediate vicinity of the operator and they can just see the person standing right, there, right. Uh, and then they'd get lucky. So there's that. Uh, the number again, 603-283-6160. We're talking about the so-called science, and Bonnie, you had more to share from the Foundation for Economic Education. Yes, this article goes on. The problem with blindly trusting, quote, the science. The failure of scientists to be scientific is not a new phenomenon. Thomas Kuhn's The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, 1962, dealt directly with the tendency of scientists to reject evidence that contradicts the prevailing theory or paradigm. Quote, part of the answer, as obvious as it is important. So wait, you're saying scientists are human <laughs> and they also are subject to cognitive dissonance? Yes. Even though they should know better. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just biases. Sure. Part of the answer, as obvious as it is important, wrote Kuhn, a Harvard-educated philosopher of science, can be discovered by noting first what scientists never do when confronted by even severe or prolonged anomalies. Though they may begin to lose faith and then to consider alternatives, they do not renounce the paradigm that has led them into crisis. Okay. Kuhn's overall thesis challenged the prevailing understanding at the time that science proceeds in a linear fashion, with new discoveries incrementally adding to the accumulated knowledge that preceded them. Instead, argued Kuhn, science throughout history has featured a series of revolutions where paradigms like geocentric theory of the solar system or Newtonian physics collapsed under the weight of anomalies, evidence which contradicted the theory, and made way for new paradigms like the heli heliocentric theory of the solar system and Einsteinian physics. And remember, those theories, some of them, were punishable by death if you opposed them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> they were highly so protected by the government. Yeah, so, and so not churches. only were they the science, the you know scientifically accepted theory at the moment, they were also, as Bonnie says here, highly protected. So you couldn't you know, be a heretic against that publicly or you would literally be burned at the stake. Right? <laughs> yep. So, I mean, we're, it's not that different today. You're just not as likely to actually be torched or, what you know, set on fire. Mm, that's pro there's probably, I mean, I don't know about the torching or the setting on fire, but they can get pretty close to that. <laughs> there's much nuance in Kuhn's argument, which his critics have tended to ignore. But one takeaway that we're seeing proved in real time is that these scientific revolutions are only revolutionary because of the tendency for scientists to cling to a theory regardless of evidence that refutes it. Kuhn argues that scientists will not abandon a disproven theory until a new theory is presented that they are convinced explains the evidence better than the old. Mm. 
What makes the new normal so strange is that a scientific revolution occurred with no anomalies. It was firmly established by a century of scientific research that suggested non-pharmaceutical interventions weren't effective in combating respiratory viruses. Indeed, Fauci himself initially repeated the established scientific consensus that lockdowns and mask mandates were not effective policy responses. This was right at the beginning. Yep. This is like doing something just to show people that you're doing something, even though yeah. nothing that you're doing actually has any positive yeah. impact. Virtue signaling. Yeah, it's right. like, and, and it's like admitting, and the funny thing is, it's like, it's admitting that what you're doing has no impact, but we're going to use Do violence anyway. to enforce it anyway. Yep. Yeah. He even discouraged people from voluntarily wearing masks at the beginning. At the very beginning. We're yep. talking about like the early, early March kind of beginning, right? I, I always thought that was so that was so stupid. Like it's like, okay, well what happens if masks do turn out to help? You have no basis for saying that they don't help. And then it's like, okay, and then and then and of course they did switch. So it's like, well now nobody's gonna believe you. And of course they probably shouldn't have in the end, but mm-hmm. it's it's like uh, there's no basis for it. And if there's no basis for it, how can you how can you trust anything else that comes out of this guy's mouths and it turns out you can't nope it says then he fauci and the rest of the government scientists did a complete about face which is like a turnaround Mm -hmm. there was no new evidence that motivated this they simply abandoned the prevailing scientific consensus based on a desire to do something even though the scientific evidence before during and after the outbreak of covid19 said what they wanted to do wouldn't work as a result there is now a new normal paradigm based on Nothing. It should be noted that there were plenty of non-government scientists protesting vehemently right from the beginning. The authors of the Great Barrington Declaration. Yeah, I remember that with like thousands of signatures. Doctors, yep, doctor signatures. Various different doctors and nurse types and others from around the planet. Yes, but the doctors of the uh, of it were already loudly protesting lockdowns as early as April 2020. Others contested asymptomatic spread, the mortality rate initially reported, and they were right, and the efficacy of masks. Here's the problem. This new normal paradigm can't collapse in the face of anomalies, no matter how numerous they are, because the anomalies are now simply ignored. Mm. Anyone who calls attention to them, no matter how credentialed or qualified, is against the science. Is si- systematically discredited. Mm-hmm. In such an environment, unsubstantiated... Some of them were even fired, right? Like, if you you speak out... Or if you didn't want to get the shot and you're a nurse. Right, from inside the system, you're done. I mean, they've gone to the extent of... uh, Like, the earlier story that we talked about in in the show... They've gone to the extent that they're censoring one-on-one text messaging. Yeah. It's desperate. It's... Yeah, I mean... I mean... I, and it's funny because it's like not even something that is widely used anymore. It's it's um you know most of your messages end up going to they're not even using the, the you send a text message and you're not actually sending a text message. Yeah. Um. So it and it's encrypted and therefore it doesn't actually have. <laughs> they're just clamping wherever they can clamp. You know? <laughs> right. Right. In such an environment, unsubstantiated assertions like quote COVID nineteen spreads asymptomatically and quote lockdowns and mask mandates work continue to form the basis of policy. The same goes for vaccine mandates. There's more, and you can share your thoughts with us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And a lot of this is absolutely signaling. You can share your experiences. What have you encountered out there with these people? It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 
phones open here if you want to join us. New Year's Eve episode of the show. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. We're talking about the so-called science, which is really code for the government religion, the government god. And uh, Anthony Fauci saying he represents the science. If you're against what he says, you are against the science. And that's kind of the story that we're into here from the Foundation for Economic Education, pointing out that there has been all kinds of refutation of what the official government, quote unquote, science has been saying. But it doesn't matter because all they have to do is if they're confronted with it, they can quickly acknowledge it and move on to going back to saying what they've always been saying. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. We're wondering about that. But masks work. Asymptomatic spread is real. Six feet distancing works. Yeah, that's all they have to do is just keep saying the same old stuff and people will believe it. The news media will just parrot whatever it is the government goons say. And they almost never ask any tough questions. So, you know, they know if they ask too many tough questions, they won't get the interview. They won't get Fauci on their show. And then that means they won't get the ratings in their minds. So it's a completely controlled situation. Uh, but there's a little bit more to the story, Bonnie, that you wanted to share from Fee. This next headline, or, yeah, headline is The Price of Obedience. It's not that evidence against new normal science can no longer be found. Much of it is available right on the websites of the government agencies denying it. Yeah, that's true. It is simply a matter of saying no when governments and media demand you refuse to believe your lying eyes and obey. Mm. Obedience has a price. We will be feeling the economic effects of lockdowns for many years. An entire generation of children will suffer psychological damage from being forced to wear masks during their most formative years. Yeah, I think that's one of the most sad parts about this whole last two years is what's happening to these kids i mean they're still in a lot of these government schools are still being mandated to wear masks even though in in most of the rest of the uh you know the area there's not there's no such mandate i don't know about sad but insane is 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 more i feel like it's more appropriate it's yeah i I find it as to to be both i mean it is insane what they're doing and it's also really sad i mean that's it could really hurt the kids i mean it could make them all just dumber for the rest of their lives it is definitely going to be an antisocial effect. I mean, to cut to cut off humans, especially developing humans, from the ability to be able to see other humans' facial expressions. I mean, that's it's incalculable how damaging that that can be to a young person. Plus, all the fear that they've been fed the last oh, few yeah. years because um, what's it called? Adrenaline being in your blood system is really bad for you health wise. Kids are more likely to fall for this stuff than even adults. I mean, adults are gullible enough and believe the government gang enough. But when it's presented to children from as young as they, I mean, they've been doing this as young as like preschool age, right? Like putting kids in masks, forcing masks on kids, telling them that they need to be afraid. Oh, no, 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 little Billy, you can't get close to Jimmy. You might spread a disease to him and kill his grandmother. And I mean, they're literally making kids still to this day. I just as of two weeks ago, I saw a a video online of a school in Oregon sitting um, kindergartners outside in 40 degree temperatures during lunch on these these buckets and sitting them on buckets like upside down like paint buckets where they had to sit there and eat their lunch in solitude outside outside 40 degree temperatures 
and I mean, they were under a pavilion or something like that, but it was still, Yikes. you know, cold and completely antisocial. You can't sit around a table and completely talk to people. Anti logical or science yeah this is this is like being in prison right now we've always made comparisons between government schools and prisons but it's more stark now than it's ever been Mm. yeah well it says the damage to society as a whole from lockdowns mask mandates and anti-social distancing policies may be immeasurable i agree neither can you simply go along to get along until things quote get back to normal if no if you go along to get along you're part of the problem if and when the COVID crisis finally ends, there is a climate crisis already teed up to begin as surely as night follows day. It will feature the same breathless media propaganda and ignoring of contrary evidence as did the COVID crisis. Yeah, well, they're already laying the groundwork for this. There already are people who are saying they're like, the studies show that if you lock down for like the same way we did in 2020, that'll help the environment. So they're actually calling for lockdowns regularly as an environmental factor as far as trying to reduce the supposed pollution. I, I have heard that. And I, I just, I, I have a, I have a not hard a conspiracy time theory. imagining somebody actually coming out and saying that. They're saying it. I don't doubt it. I just, I'm like, really? Yeah. Instead like, of going into stores, sitting out in your car while it's running, waiting for somebody to bring you out your groceries or your Starbucks, I mean, is much better for the environment. Isn't, isn't there like way more we can do that doesn't involve lockdowns and masks and all this to help the environment? Like, shouldn't there be other things that we take, you know, do oh, before sure we go to that mandates. I'm sure they've got a, a whole list of other mandates that they want to shove down people's throats, but they're going to try to do as many of them as they can get away with. Well, it says the cost. They know that people will do lockdowns. Hmm. It says the cost this time will be significantly and permanently lower standard of living for you and your children. That's mm-hmm. the price of obedience. Are you willing to pay it? No, no, <laughs> I haven't paid it. Nope i uh, I have generally not been obedient over the last two years, and I mean over the, my whole lifetime. I was going to say that might be a little bit of an uh, understatement. But yeah, mo- especially in the last couple of years, and that, that's the thing: we've got to get the people who understand the value of disobedience together. We've got to get those people who love the ideas of liberty, understand disobedience, who are willing to actually stand up for freedom, and get them here to New Hampshire. I mean, there is just no, I'm sorry, there's no better option out there. Yeah. We definitely need more disobedience across the board. Um, I'm not a, I'm not particularly obsessed with, like, masks or or not masks or any of this stuff, but it's just not that, it doesn't, I don't find it that interesting, like, of a topic. But I will say that, like, we do need more people to be disobedient about everything, like, across the board. It's like... Well, I agree with it, across the board, but as far as, um, you know, I, I wish, I'm like you, I wish this wasn't a topic, but it yeah. is. I mean, we're dealing with a mask mandate right now here in Keene. They just passed it two weeks ago, yep. so it'd be, it'd be nice if we could just ignore it, but unfortunately, they want to keep literally shoving it in our faces. <laughs> and... As far as encouraging disobedience, people have to start somewhere. So if this is the issue on which some people take their first baby step into doing something yeah. that they're told not to do or, you know, not doing a thing that they're told to do, then let them start here. It's yeah. it's a relatively my, easy place to do it. One of my concerns is that people will do it here and then they'll stop. Sure. You of know, course. Um, but, That'll be true for most people. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, but it, I mean, I, I definitely... I. It's a very I, I want to say it's almost a very optimistic view view of things, uh, you know, to think that they're they'll do this and it's a starting point and it is a starting point. The problem is, you know, I think the reality is probably going to be they'll start here and stop here. I think that's probably true for yeah. most people, but some people will for the first time say no 
and they'll find out that it feels good to say no and then they will continue to at least consider saying no in in future i hope so episodes but again that's why we still need to make a a, a concerted effort yeah to have that intentional migration of freedom loving people and it's you know the free state project for instance over at free state nh on social media over at twitter they're doing a little recap of the last year and pointing out that 2021 was the biggest year yep on record for the free state project it's now been around for 20 years by last the way. year we had a record and this year we ha- it was last year was amazing 2020 this year you mean, is yeah. even bigger yeah so yeah. they topped 2020 and 2021 and it's probably going to be that 2022 tops 2021 uh, and and that's because people are still planning to move. Yeah, right? like there's some people got to they got to sell a house, they got to close a business. There's I, you know work to be done. I can't believe how many people have moved this past you know even just in the past six months, um you know six to eight months, uh, twelve months. It, uh, it's amazing. And and we're talking and I'm just looking at the people in Keene, right? People moving to Keene. Yeah, um, and there's, which there's is hardly anyone coming here by comparison. To I mean, Manchester. right? It's like twenty three thousand people t- town. There's only so many jobs here, right? right? Like there's only so many people who can move here. Well, right now there's a ton of jobs here because. Well, everyone that's hiring. true that's but true. yeah there's there's only so many careers there's only yeah so many i mean as far as like career big, paths big jobs. you know usually people will have to go where you know whatever their expertise is right. if they're if they're middle class or yeah. you know something like that unless they're like maybe a teacher or something like that where the jobs are more readily available everywhere well so, chris going back to when you said it wasn't really sad that the kids have to wear masks you were saying the other day that even when you were like four years old you hated wearing tight clothes just oh, yeah. put yourself in the the shoes of a kid who hates wearing tight clothes having to put a thing on his face and his teacher grabbing it, his face and putting it back on when he takes it off. I think that's sad. There's a video that where that actually happens. It goes yeah. on for more than two minutes with this little kid, probably no more than two or three years old, does not want to put a mask on and they are literally forcing it onto his face. I mean, it yeah, is sick. I, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it, to me, I mean, I, I feel like to me at least it would it would be a, a kind of a, a, a little annoyance and it would be a bigger annoyance if I was if I had to do that every day, like going mm-hmm. to school. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think it's insane. But at the same time, it's I'm insane not to put sure, your kids in these schools. Yeah, one. I'm not sure the permanent damage that is. I, I, I feel like that might be a little bit more of an exaggeration but then again oh, i don't think i so. don't know uh, i think you're underestimating that number here is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 hour three coming up you can join us on free talk live on free talk live we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day from wrestling superstars like glenn jacobs you guys really are having an impact i believe like i said uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because... I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. And the number here, 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. You can take control of the airwaves as we kick off the third hour of this live New Year's Eve edition of the show. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. 
Coming up, the attack continues against Bitcoin as somebody at the Oxford University is claiming Bitcoin is worse than a Ponzi scheme. So we will uh, get into that critique here in just a moment. But we were just talking about how uh, freedom-loving people need to come together into the same place. And we're seeing that working here in New Hampshire. It's been an incredible success so far with thousands of people who love the ideas of liberty migrating here. Uh, Chris, you came up from New Jersey. Yep. I moved up from Florida. Bonnie, you moved up from Texas. Mm. And if you actually do care about liberty, if you understand the non-aggression principle, if you are willing to actually work for more freedom, to actually become active, if you're not already an activist where you are, to to become active, then New Hampshire is the best place to be. And there's 101 reasons for that. You can go to 101reasonsfilm.com. You can watch a nice little hour-long documentary that goes over those 101 reasons. And by the way, that documentary was made in 2014 from a list that was compiled, I think, in 2002. So that list has been around for a long time. Some of these reasons that we're talking about are long-term. They're like permanently true about New Hampshire. There have been more reasons since then. Oh, yeah. And some of those other reasons are like the insanely great community of freedom-loving people and the amazing things that they can produce when they work together uh, to accomplish things. I mean, it's been amazing what's been happening in just the last few years here in New Hampshire. But I came across a story uh, after this was a week after New Hampshire was named the number one freest state in the Cato University study called Freedom in the 50 States. So we talked about this. Uh, New Hampshire had led this particular study in the past. Florida had overtaken New Hampshire in the previous year. So in the 2020 episode or 2020 edition of this study, Florida had taken the lead. And that was because they changed the way they calculated the numbers, I guess, Mm. in this particular study. In what way? I don't know. I don't remember the details. They explained it at the time, but... Uh, But now New Hampshire has taken the lead again, and according to the authors in this study, and one of whom is the founder of the Free State Project, Jason Sorens, according to the authors of the study, they believe that some of the changes that were made this year, and the changes made this year were not included in the study because the study trails by two years. So the 2021 study that just got released this month only includes changes that happened in New Hampshire up through the year 2019, so to the end of 2019. So again, there's a two-year delay. He said in in the study that the changes made this year by some of the reps, like, for instance, getting rid of... I don't, I don't remember what the tax was. They got rid of some kind of tax. They Meals lowered, and room tax? No, they lowered that. Mm. They lowered that from 9% to 8.5%. Not a huge drop, mind you, but it's it's something. Uh, and then there were some other regulatory things like creating educational savings accounts here in New Hampshire, which is a huge deal for families that want to get their kids out of government school, but they can't afford to do it because they're already paying so much in property taxes. Mm. It actually cuts them a check and lets them use it in whatever kind of schooling situation they want to. They can take to a private school, a religious school. They can homeschool with the money. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's a huge step forward. Uh, there's been a bunch of other things, right? Like little things too. Like they got rid of, uh, or they, they. Uh, I think they. You can now tint your windows more than you ever could in New Hampshire. Then again, that was another thing from this year. So they they said that they expect New Hampshire is going to pull ahead of the pack, and that Florida isn't going to be able to catch up. Florida's going in the opposite direction, aren't they? 
I mean, it's a race to the bottom for yeah. the rest of the states. Right. Florida, that's what I mean. Like People believe that Florida is getting freer and freer just because it's getting more and more authoritarian in a right-wing way, which yeah. is yeah. a huge misconception people often make. Like, this past year, the governor tried to pass. I mean, it didn't pass, but the governor that everybody acts like is so great and freedom-oriented tried to pass something that would basically make it a felony to be a protester mm. during the and to you know calling all protesters rioters and well looters. he he did pass uh he did sign a red flag law mm. and you know people that care about gun rights don't like that wow yeah uh, it, and he did sign a uh let's see what else he loves the police this guy never saw a pro-police law that he didn't like um he also passed a 15 dollar an hour minimum wage in florida yeah this is like switching one king for this is the difference between republicans democrats it's like switching out one king for another king right it's it's just i I don't want another king right i want to get rid of the kings exactly but here's the bizarre it's a bizarre story that was published over at washingtonexaminer.com headline new hampshire shows how to advance freedom who wrote this article jason sorens the founder of the free state project William Ruger, who I believe works with Jason Sorens at the Cato Institute. yeah, Is he's, he related to the gun manufacturers? I don't know, but he's the co-author of the Freedom in the 50 States report. So mm. him and Jason Sorens are the two authors of that report. And the other author, Chris Sununu? Uh, he didn't author the report. Wait, what? He wrote this article. Chris Sununu, Jason Sorens, and the other guy from the 50, uh, Freedom of the 50 States wrote this short little article for the Washington Examiner about, quote, New Hampshire shows how to advance freedom. Is this a different Chris Sununu than the governor <laughs> it's the of New governor Hampshire? the governor of New Hampshire. So, huh? Yeah. It's, well, he's probably just paying lip service because he's up weird. for re-election. That's the thing, Bonnie. And they, this guy, he is such a political snake. Yeah. He is. You know, on one hand, he wants you to think he cares about freedom. On the other hand, a year ago or a year and a half ago, he was a total lock, you know, lockdown maniac. And he'll sick his police on anybody who uh, publicly, you know, disagrees with him outside yes. his He'll House arrest a seventy-year-old yeah. woman if he needs to. This right. guy plays all sides, right? So, hmm. but that said. Let's see what they have to say. It's interesting that he teamed up with Jason Sorens to write this article. So what makes a state free? New Hampshire seems to be figuring it out. In the Cato Institute's latest ranking of freedom in the 50 states, the Granite State comes out on top for overall freedom, besting Florida, which ranked number one in the previous report. New Hampshire is now the first state to hold the top spot for both economic freedom and overall freedom simultaneously. One of the big advantages of America's federal system is the possibility of what political scientists call yardstick competition. Because states are free to try different approaches to a wide range of policies, they can compare the results, take notes, and adopt the policies that work best. (laughs) Freedom works, and as it turns out, people want it. Studies show economic freedom increases economic growth. The public has also been voting for personal and economic freedom with their feet, by moving from less free to more free states. Hmm. For these reasons, New Hampshire and other relatively free states, such as Florida, Nevada, and Indiana, have a lot to be proud of. In recent years, New Hampshire has significantly cut taxes across the board. And just this year, it put the interest and dividends tax on a path to abolition in its latest budget proposal. So that was the tax I couldn't remember. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Wow. I have no idea what an interest in dividends tax is, but... They're going to get rid of it, apparently. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. New Hampshire has avoided a minimum wage and, by the way, it's apparently the only state that doesn't have the minimum wage uh, and lets the free market dictate opportunity. 
The result is that, the, that almost no one earns the minimum. And wages have grown so much that household incomes in the Granite State are some of the highest in America. New Hampshire hasn't been lax on growing personal freedoms either. In just the last few years, the legislature has required criminal conviction before assets can be forfeited to the state in civil court. It has decriminalized marijuana and legalized sports betting. It also expanded, quote, conservative personal freedoms, such as constitutional carry, uh, which is allowing adult citizens who own a firearm lawfully to carry it outside their home concealed without a license. Because we already had open carry. That was already a thing. New Hampshire has also passed Education Freedom Accounts, a school choice policy that empowers families of low to moderate income to choose educational opportunities that best fit the needs of their children. What are other secrets to New Hampshire's success? Taxes are low, and they keep getting lower. With the most recent budget signed into law, the minimum business tax threshold was raised to exempt over 30,000 small businesses from even filing taxes. Wow, what's that number? Do they give a number in there? You mean the total number of businesses that have to file taxes? No, the threshold. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's not saying, but it's, it's now saving another 30,000 oh, businesses I really know now. from having to, uh, to file taxes. There's more, though. We'll talk about that yeah. all the way here. And the number is 603-283-6160. You can join us and take control of the airwaves here on the New Year's Eve edition. We're live on Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. It is a place to go if you want to learn about cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. You can click Get Started at the top of the page over at Bitcoin.com, and you'll find some introductory information there. You can, if you're uh, pressed for time, just watch that first video, and you'll get down some of the basic concepts in three minutes of your time. But you might find it interesting, and you might want to dig deeper, and they let you do that there too. So get started over at Bitcoin.com. If you're not new to crypto and you want to get the latest news headlines, just go to news.bitcoin.com. They've got them there every single day, updated, I presume, more than once a day. It's just full of information at news.bitcoin.com. As we continue here with the strange puff piece written by Chris Sununu, the so-called governor here in New Hampshire, His Excellency, as they referred to him <laughs> in uh, his executive orders that he wrote, something like 70 or 80 or 90 or whatever executive orders in uh, 2020. This Mr. Guy, Freedom. Yeah. Now he's trying to rebrand himself back to being this freedom-oriented Republican guy. These freedom measures that he's talking about passing have only happened in spite of him. That's an interesting point. Some of these things were done uh, because they they put some stuff in the budget, basically. And they put this budget in front of Sununu, and it would it would have looked bad politically if he didn't support his own Republican Party and sign the budget. Mm. So he kind of had to, so he did. But now he gets to take credit for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what he's doing. He's running out in front of the parade here, even though it's the the state representatives, uh, the freedom loving reps that actually helped make this happen. Which they're in there a lot of them because of the Free State Project. But it's a strange article because it's co-authored by 
the Chris Sununu, the governor, but also Jason Sorens, the founder of the Free State Project. And that's the first time that has happened before. There's never been like, you know, a real teaming up like that between a politico in this that high up in uh, in New Hampshire government and the the founder of the Free State Project. So it's kind of interesting from that perspective. Uh, they're going over a short list of just some of the things that have been put into place just this year, including the educational freedom accounts, which are really interesting. Uh, look up education freedom accounts or education savings accounts in New Hampshire, and there's a really interesting, uh, really well-designed website that kind of lays it out and explains it and tells you how to take advantage of it if you're a parent. Check that out. Like If you're interested in moving up here and you've got kids, you don't have to send your kids to the government school and you can actually get a check from the government to, you know, to reimburse you, basically, for your property taxes, which is amazing. Uh, that that you have to spend on education. So I mean, it's not it's not as good as abolishing government schools. Yeah, I was gonna say, but just, I, will it actually cover your property taxes? What they're giving out to parents? I think it's intended to cover the schooling. I don't know. You know, obviously, property taxes are going to be different based on the size of the house or whatever that you're living in. So yeah, I don't know. I kind of figured. I think it's a flat amount. I think it's probably like four thousand, thousand or five thousand bucks 5, or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Um, but honestly, I don't. I don't know all the details about it. I don't have kids, so I haven't. I haven't yeah, I guess. I guess it depends it. on the size of your property. How uh, you know how much you pay in taxes. But I don't think that comes into play as far as what you get back. Right. So. But it's something, right? Yep. Like it's, sure, it's better absolutely. than zero, in which the, is what. In the coming years. There should be legislation that focuses on um, giving people back money who don't have kids. That would be nice. How about we just abolish the yeah, taxes. Abolishing schools would be the easiest way to yep. do it. Yeah. Uh, but that's we're going to need. A, we're going to need, let's say, another hundred or two hundred uh, liberty reps. I think in order to make that happen. Yeah, so we're definitely we going to have to dominate. We got to have thousands more people move here. We've at this time there's about forty plus free stater reps, and there's probably another few dozen that are friendly. Uh, they're like that will vote with free staters more often than not. So we're close to, I think, 100 quote unquote freedom reps. You know, they're not perfect. They're not right on it on everything. But, you know, Leaning, A level, B level. If you, if you combine the, the freedom reps plus the ones yeah. that lean in that direction on yeah. some issues. Uh, absolutely. On more more issues than not. Yeah, right? right. Yeah, that's probably a fair way to say it. But we're still early. You know, this uh, the free state project just reached its its five year move window goal last year. Was it last year? It was last February. Oh, it feels like it was. Yeah, it feels like it was longer than that. But it's, yeah, you moved right at the beginning of that window, if I recall correctly. Uh, right, I moved actually technically just after they hit twenty thousand signers. Yeah, but I had my home. Uh, I had a bid on my house before. Nice. Just before nice. the, the, the twenty thousand, yeah, signers were hit. So they're going over just a short list here, and it's almost done uh, with some of the things they've done here. So they got rid of the uh, small one of these business taxes, apparently. In income dividends, I think is what it was called. Yeah. In oh, interest and dividends tax. So that's on a quote path to abolition. I don't know what that means. It sounds like it's going to take it a, some time. So I don't know how soon it's going to be abolished on that path. But they are abolishing it. Uh, they've lowered the meals and rooms tax by five point five five percent. Now again, that's like wait symbolic five point five percent five point five five percent. They lowered the meals and rooms tax. So we're going from nine to like eight point five percent. Okay. Yeah. That's still not terrible. It's still not as good as Massachusetts. There's, I think their meals tax is only like 5% or something That's like that. That's probably true, but, but they also have a sales tax. They do. So, That's true. Yeah. I mean, I would rather, I'd still rather have the eight point whatever percentage uh, uh, meal rooms and meals tax uh, than have a general sales tax. There's, a, there's an interesting pain. thing that uh, Keith Ammon, who's a free stater state representative he posted on social media the other day there's I a knocked list on doors for him 
He's a good guy. Uh, free, free stater. Um, he came out with a list of all of, or I guess it was a state agency that came out with this list, the whatever the revenue uh, department of revenue is. They came out with a list by town by town with the amounts collected of the meals and rooms tax town by town. And the interesting thing was every town, every city is up. So the amount of revenue, even though the, even though the percentage is down by five something right. percent, they bring in more money. As there's a result, more, more revenue, revenue that yeah. has come in. Yeah, you know, this isn't the first time that people have pointed out that the more you tax people, the less revenue you get back in taxes. They don't want um, to spend their money here. Well, I mean, because you hide your your assets better when you know that you're going to get taxed on it. Mm-hmm. And the more taxes go up, the more incentive you have to find ways not to pay those taxes. But the weird thing is, 5% is such a piddly amount. I mean, it's like barely even worth talking about. It is, but it has a major impact. But it's hard to believe that, that people would even notice. I mean, it's just so small the difference like do you think people are actually aware of this because from what i know from what i've heard some businesses haven't even heard about it yeah like there's been some people who've gone out to eat and have calculated the tax on their bill and brought it to the attention of the business owner saying hey you're charging too much yeah 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 so i don't know it's very interesting i'd like to hear more about what went into that and uh, was it more than just the five percent that factored into why they collected more uh or is it just because of covid maybe more people are eating out this year than than the last year either way it was kind of like an interesting thing Hmm. yeah i don't know the only thing i can think of maybe is that if there were more deliveries the bill would have gone up because of like fees for delivery or something and then maybe that gets taxed can they tax that I don't, I don't think they can. I'm not sure. The state, they say, is also highly decentralized from a fiscal standpoint, with nearly three competing local jurisdictions for every 100 miles, giving residents the option of voting with their feet without having to move to another state. Government consumption is low at only 7.9% of the economy. we got more coming up here about some of the things that are making New Hampshire pretty different from the competition. This is Free Talk Live. Yeah, it's Free Talk Live. The phone number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And we are looking at a strange article written for the Washington Examiner by Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, and Jason Sorens and William Rucker, who are the authors of the Freedom in the 50 States study. And it's all about how New Hampshire is a quote-unquote free state. Now, that's not true. (laughs) Okay? That's not true at all. Uh, New Hampshire is not totally free. There's a lot that needs to be done here. And even the free... Excuse me, the Freedom in the 50 States article admits that, right? Like, even though New Hampshire's number one, that just means it's the least oppressive yeah, cancer. I, calling calling New Hampshire a free state is, it, it's a joke. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It yeah. might be the best place in the world, but it's still 
terrible. Yeah. And we have a long ways to go before, you know, I would say it, it's anywhere near being a free state. What the difference between New Hampshire and everywhere else is that there's no other place where people are moving. Correct. For the purposes of changing the system. Yes, there are people who are moving to places like Texas and Florida. In fact, there was a study recently showing <laughs> not to the, make it more free though, and that's that's a that's important. That's here. The, that's the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the key. Is if you move to Florida or Texas, you're just going somewhere warmer, where it's maybe not as bad as where you're leaving. Actually, it's extremely warm in Texas, so yeah. you're going to be oppressed either way, either by cold or by extreme heat and humidity. Yeah, but that's what they're doing. They're just moving to a place that's just not as bad as California, just not as bad as New York. Right. But uh, it's still going in the wrong direction, so it's still yeah. going to end up there anyway. Yeah. In fact, speaking of that, I found another related story here. I forget who somebody linked to it online. Where did it go? I apologize. I, I thought I had it pulled up and I don't. Uh, there was something about this Florida governor who passed a you know very restrictive bill. We were talking about how they, he passed the uh, the red flag rules and there's a bunch of other things that uh, that he's done but one of the other uh, stories about him is very similar to that new york story that we were just discussing a few segments ago where uh on january 5th they're going to be looking at possibly making it so the new york governor can just put people into quarantine camps and the governor of florida apparently already passed that well for people who are Public health risks or something else? Yeah, supposed public health risks. And I, like I said, I had it pulled up and I don't know where where it went to. So I'll see if I can find it again. You know, I thought New Hampshire was bad in this regard, but not anywhere near like that. Um, at least here, we, we, we did get some of that money, uh, I believe. We uh, got them to turn down $27 million and then they ended up taking like, what, $24 million? Um, in the end. So that's still that's still a little bit better than uh, it could have been. I and guess that's, that's true. That's federal funds that the government was the federal government is trying to like force states into passing certain policies and things at the state level that they don't otherwise have the authority to do. So I guess that's a good way of uh, you know looking at it. It is still a win because without people pushing back, they would have taken the full twenty seven million Absolutely. easily. Yeah. So I mean, at least yeah. we have fought back. What is three million or something i mean we kind of knew they were going to do it anyway and just because they turned it down a couple times doesn't mean it wasn't going to happen but i think we were successful a little bit it just wasn't to the degree that we would have we would have liked it to have been okay i found it uh, according to lorficweb.com governor ron DeSantis signed bill sb 2006 and they linked to it uh, which allows for the state health officer to forcibly vaccinate citizens this bill prohibits vaccine passports, but snuck in a clause to allow forcible vaccinations, which is buried in the bottom of the bill. So the bill was ostensibly about preventing vaccine passports, and I'm sure it got celebrated for that. Like, ah, yeah. he's preventing vaccine passports, but they didn't read the whole thing because the bill says that the governor can order an individual to be examined, tested, vaccinated, treated, isolated, or quarantined for communicable diseases that have a significant morbidity or mortality and present a severe danger to public health. That sounds like the exact wording from the New York bill right there. Uh, Individuals who are unable or unwilling to be examined, tested, vaccinated, or treated for reasons of health, religion, or conscience may be subjected to isolation or quarantine. You know, this so reminds me of the racist policies uh, that used to exist in regards to uh, people coming over the the border from, I, I believe it was Mexico, to the United States, mm-hmm. and there was there was no basis for the um, uh, to, basically they, what they would do is they would 
take people and bathe them in gasoline, forcefully bathe them in gasoline. Um, and there was no basis for that. Wow. Um, it, it wasn't like, oh, you're going to, this is going to, you know, somehow make you, you know, safer for the rest of us in the United States already. It was purely a racist sort of thing. And it's, it's just, it's a very similar sort of situation here. There's no basis for these, um, you know, forced vaccinations. It's not killing a substantial, you know, percentage of the population or no, you know, not anything at all. that. But they're acting like it is. Right. But they're acting exactly like it is. Um, and this is this is a means of opp- oppressing a minority who are speaking out on it, uh, regardless of whether or not you even are really opposed to it. Um, you know, you know, the vaccinations in general. So. Uh, so a little bit more from this this bill that he signed, quote, uh, examining examination testing vaccination or treatment may be performed by any qualified person authorized by the state if the individual poses a danger to the public health and remember public usually means government so keep that in mind mm. uh, the state health officer may subject the individual to isolation or quarantine if there is no practical method to isolate or quarantine the individual the state health officer may use any means necessary to vaccinate or treat the individual oh my goodness yeah. Yeah, this is this is disturbing stuff. Um, you know, <laughs> it starts here. That's Florida for you folks. Right. It starts here, but where does it end? Are they going to start are they going to bring back uh, you know, um uh, I'm trying I'm trying to think what they call that uh, uh mm, what are you describing? I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh women, uh babies, prohibition? Uh, no, uh they used to force women, abortion? forced uh forced sterilization. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, are they going to bring forced sterilization back next? You know, um, I mean, where does this go if you allow this? OK, when there's no serious you know, uh, health impact for, for the vast majority of people, what's next? You know, where where are they going to take this? The government should have no say in your you know, health decisions. Absolutely. That's something that is between you and your doctor and uh, not anybody else. Scary stuff. So back to the story here from The Washington Examiner written by Chris Sununu. And Jason Sorens, the governor of New Hampshire and the founder of the Free State Project, there's a, the final part of this is all about how great Chris Sununu is. So he actually wrote an article about himself here. <laughs> quote, leadership is also important. Last year, the Cato Institute named Governor Chris Sununu as the most fiscally responsible state leader in the nation. As this most recent report shows, the people of New Hampshire continue to benefit from the freedoms that a limited government philosophy can bring about. That's crazy that he's getting credit for something just because he didn't strike <laughs> down what his representatives so, voted on. This, you know, this is kind of this is kind of interesting uh, because I I I don't know. I mean, honestly, I have no idea uh, as far as what Chris uh, Sununu's policies are. Like, I could believe, I could probably believe that he's like the best in the country but that doesn't mean that he's, he's not awful not awful yeah. still right he's, he's a little awful. tyrant and he has he's right. arresting peaceful people uh for peacefully sitting in a room where he was also in the same room i mean it was ridiculous nine people were arrested at a meeting where they were just sitting there did we talk about how uh, most of those people have been found not guilty oh you're talking about the newfields nine that's a different group of nine you're talking about oh. the people who are protesting outside of his yeah, house yeah i'm talking about the he's, governor's house he's arrested you know close to two dozen that's people right. this year yep uh, but, Peaceful people who did nothing to hurt anyone else. Yeah, we can talk about that coming up. There, yeah. We did talk about it after uh, Footloose Frank was found not guilty and the rest of them have now been found not guilty. Yeah. That's the news from this week. 
But the final sentences here in this story, national politics is broken. Exploding debt, growing inflation, and an incompetent pandemic response are just a few of the symptoms. But in many states, we're seeing a different approach that bears real results. D.C. should get out of the way and let states innovate. The way to create growth and optimism about the future is to unleash citizen potential with a light regulatory touch. Well, I don't agree that there should be any regulations uh, from the government. But this is, again, from Chris Sununu. States such as New Hampshire are showing the way. So, interesting propaganda piece written by the governor and the founder of the Free State Project. We'll share that on our social media over at social.freetalklive.com. And the phones are open for you, 603-283-6160. You can join us here. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Phones are open here in these remaining moments of the radio show, Free Talk Live. But we will have our internet-only episode starting up about a half an hour after we finish this radio show. So we'll start it at around 10.30 Eastern Time tonight. And we'll keep it going through to midnight. Countdown to the new year with you here in the Eastern Time Zone with me, Ian. And me, Bonnie. And Chris. Chris, you won't be joining us for uh for I won't midnight. be. You've I, got plans. I got I got stuff to do tonight. That's I've, okay. You're a busy man. You got yeah. your uh, you got your own show to do tomorrow. Of I, I course. do I, I do like six hours a week of like well, a podcast and a radio show. So Right. You host yeah. Freedom Decrypted, which uh, folks can go find at freedomdecrypted.com and they can watch archives there. Of course, you've been doing it what three years now, something like that. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Um, yeah, it's it's a great show. It's a tech a tech oriented show for, or it is a tech show for liberty minded people. So yeah, and it's once a week. It happens Saturday, starting at about five o'clock Eastern time. You can yep, watch it live if you want or listen. There's also uh, you know podcast version of the show. So if you prefer, you don't need to watch the show. Nah, you know, sometimes you put some graphics up, but I think it's yeah, it's 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 so it's very heavily. Uh, <laughs> It's audio friendly audio, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so head on over to freedomdecrypted.com for more of Chris as we head into the new year tonight. We're going to do, uh, of course, we'll do open phones during the after show on Freer Talk Live as well in case you want to call in. And we are not subject to FCC rules. Yes, it's more Yay. fun. Freer Talk Live, so you can say more stuff. Uh, but let's go. It's funny because I don't cuss anyway, really, on the show. That's well, you should start. <laughs> it's a bad habit. Because then you might make a mistake yeah, that's and true. do it on the, <laughs> on the yeah, radio. So let's go to Joe. He's on the line in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Happy New Year, hey, Ian. Happy New Year, Bonnie. Happy and New Happy New Year. New Year, Chris. Thanks. Same to you. Um, Governor Ron DeSantis is an idiot. <laughs> okay. You check, the, you check the CDC report. Now, this isn't made out to everybody to get it. I was able to get it. Uh, December 10th, and they will tell you that 75 people, who are, 75% of the people who are getting the Omicron virus have been vaccinated. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, as, so, depending on where you look, I've seen numbers up to 95% of those people who are hospitalized are vaccinated. For, yeah, wow. I don't know what the numbers are, right. but I have, I, I am aware that it's, it's, it's kind of like, hmm, not... Uh, <laughs> Everyone seems to be agreeing that it is affecting more vaccinated people than other variants. I, I mean, my right. understanding is it, it doesn't... It, it's spreading faster, but it's not as bad. Like, it doesn't yeah. make you as sick. Um, okay. So, That's Yeah, some people are saying it's you. a lot like a cold. 
Yeah. Which makes yeah, sense because the cold is a coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you something about the uh, science side of it. Okay. All the other viruses were uh, done up and researched and made, and they were done and with at least five years of study. This was done with five months. Now, back, do you remember when we had the bird flu? Sure. Okay. They uh, did another study, and uh, I think it was President Ford said, uh, you know, let's uh, get a uh, vaccination for this, and we'll hurry through it. I think they did a study of uh, a couple thousand people, and 450 got sick, and 35 died. They said, cut it there, and you never heard another thing about a vaccination Hmm. with the bird flu. So uh, these nitwits who are saying, because I got a letter, I'm on disability, and they said, you know, you should get vaccinated and everything like that. And when I was in the physical rehab after my surgery, uh, they were telling me, you got to get a vaccination. I said, oh, no, I don't. Are you talking about this time? uh, You're saying recently that happened to you? Yeah, yeah, recently. Mm-hmm. I, I called you up and told you I hadn't been on the... I'm called for like eight months, 17 days, because I had back surgery and I had a uh, pipe put uh, in in my back, and I can't walk and I'm bedridden right now, so Thanks. I'm really appreciative of your good job. What happened but, when you told them no? I mean, you're sitting there in a hospital bed. They said you have to I, get vaccinated. <laughs> I went and explained it to the doctors and the nurses uh, about everything, and oh man, they just looked at me and ran out of the room and they even had people come in on the side and uh say things to me and then i had some of the staff say man you know what you're talking about because i had a friend who got really sick and now can't walk and stuff like that i had another friend who died after you know different people were telling me all this kind of stuff i can just imagine the. i was the doctor inside there (laughs) i can just imagine the disgust that must have been on the uh you know, these, these professionals' faces when you said no. I'm glad that you stuck oh, up yeah. for yourself. Oh, yeah. I, I, I told them off a, a lot of medical things. They they uh, dropped a 300-pound machine on my foot. Oh. Here's a good story for you. They were all, oh, my God. And I said, this is killing me. And I pushed it off my foot. Wait, the doctor? Said, oh, my. At the hospital? They, put, they, they dropped a machine on your foot at the hospital? Yeah. the at the rehab place, the physical therapy people. Oh, wow. So, listen, this is great, right? Not for me because I'm still suffering. Huh. But So they, they couldn't move. So I pushed the thing off my foot, and they go, oh, my God, it's bleeding. And they didn't say anything after that. I said, look, why don't you, there were three of them there, I said, you take my sock off and press on the wound. You go tell a nurse, and you bring me some gauze, uh, some tape, and some peroxide. Wow, you had to tell medical. I had to to tell them what to do. Yeah, because they're a bunch of uh, millennials, and they were like, "Oh my god, what do we do?" do?" You know what it sounds like? It sounds like they were, um, you know, they realized they they did bad, and (laughs) that they were thinking about their. Yeah, they're all afraid afraid of getting fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could definitely see. I, uh, I would hate to be that person. I mean, and I could see something happening too, be just be an accident or something like that, and it's like. What do I do, Jeez. you know? It's like... Yeah, before before actually, I was a pretty bad dude and everything like that, so I didn't... I don't fall under pressure and stuff like that. So, uh, even though it was killing me and was bleeding all over the place, I had to tell them all what to do. <laughs> Joe, anything else you want to share from your experience? Uh, yeah, well, I told them uh, that they should uh, either give me a tetanus shot and and uh, put me on a uh, pill antibiotic 
and things like that, and they didn't do it for mm. two days. Wow. And then they x-rayed it and said, oh, you have an infection in your foot. Oh so you have to be hooked up to an IV for two months and oh. have uh, antibiotics pumped into you. So was this the Gee, VA? I wasn't a happy camper. What's that? Was this the VA? No, this Just a hospital. was at the place that I... It, it, it was a rehab place from the hospital because mm. I, oh, I, I couldn't move or anything because I had back surgery. Mm. And so I had to have rehab. Are, and are you still in the hospital? Oh, no, I'm home. I'm home. Okay. They bought me a hospital bed. I got a $30,000 electric wheelchair. Wow. No, no, no kidding either. This thing so, built like so a you're on the mend, basically. You're still kind of uh, out of out of commission, oh, but getting yeah, better. I, yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I can't, I can't walk or anything like Yikes. that. Well, and I I'm wish you the best. I, uh, well, I thank you for the call you. tonight, Joe, and happy New Year right. to you. Thanks. Okay, for the, and, thanks. and mention mention that site uh, that I can go and check you guys out at ten thirty. I'll call you back. <laughs> it's watch free uh, Watch Thanks, Joe. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160 if you want to join us. By the way, Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. If you want the newest and freshest stories and perspectives on current events from those who value liberty, freedomsphoenix.com has it. You can enjoy their daily dispatch. It's a great way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com, freedomsphoenix.com. Bonnie, you've been picking out some quotes, some classic quotes from our friend Nobody, who sadly is prohibited from speaking publicly after uh, some ridiculous bail conditions in the Crypto 6 case, which you can learn more about uh, the Crypto 6 over at thecrypto6.com. But unfortunately, he's not able to join us on the air due to the federal government. But that doesn't mean that you can't find some classic quotes from him from various different sources. And you've been doing some digging. And here's a quickie from Nobody. Quote, to me, liberty and decency are synonymous. Yep. It's not very decent to try to control other people and, um, you know, impose your will on their lives. That's true. And I think that to, to, to take it a little bit further... A lot of people will say, oh, libertarianism, it's only the non-aggression principle. And yeah, that is the principle that underlies libertarianism, but that's not good enough for a good society. You have to be <laughs> decent to other people. You have to be a good person. You have to not be an a-hole. Yeah. You have to actually treat people with respect but, and kindness and compassion. The non-aggression principle is just one. Uh, it's a building it's, block. It's, it's, it's like the minimum. It's yeah. like the minimal threshold that you should have value-wise. Correct. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have other values as well. Yep. Um, so, I think that's one of the most yeah. important things to get out there. And th there's just so many libertarians that they focus exclusively on the non-aggression principles. Like, that doesn't make you a good person. No. You can totally be an a-hole and still adhere to the non-aggression principle. And we got people like that, too. There are people like that. In the <laughs> Unfortunately, in our community. Uh, but yeah, being decent is certainly important. And I, I, he says they're synonymous. I gotta say, I, I agree with that. So, I uh, miss you, nobody. I hope you're having, if he's out there, I hope he's having a good uh, New Year's Eve. And we I hope will so, too. be back at 10.30 Eastern tonight at watch.freetalklive.com. For the rest of you, Happy New Year.
All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post Show. I am Mark Edge. I have on with me a friend of mine and somebody who has been on the show before, Titus Gable. Titus, are you with me? Yes, I am. Very good. Now, it's been a little while since you've been on, so very quickly, give me your CV, your, your resume. Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur, a lawyer by education, but I switched to the industry after five years back then. And I'm, I'm a German and I started my career in Germany, then learned after being a lawyer for about three four years that this is not the thing I want to do until the end of my life. I wanted to create something and well tried my luck first in the biotech industry then venture capital became manager in a venture capital firm. Eventually founded my own company in the resources sector mining, not Bitcoin mining, real metal mining <laughs> and oil and gas later was a big success. We, we, we went public in 2010 at Frankfurt Stock Exchange and eventually I could retire to 2015 and moved with my family to Monaco and then I dedicated since then most part of my life to making free private cities a reality which is my concept idea um, of an alternative uh, in the market of living together basically probably your listeners know about that I've written a book uh, in the meantime we have a foundation called free private cities foundation in Switzerland and a for-profit company called Tipolis which is trying to make uh, those projects really so the book is called uh, Free Private Cities. It's by Titus Gable. And uh, I recommend it. It is, uh, it's a great read. And it's really the only solution out there for creating a place where liberty can exist. Now, that doesn't mean that liberty has to exist in a free private city. Real quick, why does the world need free private cities? Because the current systems have the wrong incentives for the for the leaders. They have zero liability if something goes wrong. They have incentives to give away benefits to their bodies and special interest groups. And they have an incentive to steer up the population one group against the other. And what I was proposing is, or what I am proposing is that we just take the idea that we know from the market that if you want something, you hire a service provider uh, based on a contract that you know in advance and which cannot be changed by the other side at will, which is, by the way, one of the other big problems we are facing in current systems. If there is a social contract, well, it's constantly changed uh, by one side and it's never us. It's always the other side. So that, right. is, um, <laughs> that is something that which is intrinsically wrong, right? And I'm replacing that by, hey, I, I offer a service contract I'm a for-profit or, uh, or entity. You know that I want to make 10, 15% the profit and that is what you pay. And so you have a much better protection because each of you have a, have a bilateral contract with me as the operator who is basically only a, a providing a, a security for life, liberty and property. And, and that is all. And you know what you can get from me. You know what you have to expect from me. You know what you have to pay to me. And within that framework, you can form your, a spontaneous order. It can, can, uh, can be developed and people can ally or can put, sit together, but they cannot band together, form a majority and then tell the others what to do. That's not possible. And I think this is the trick with this bilateral contract that each resident has with me. Even if there's a majority of 90% of the residents saying, let's 
build a swimming pool and everybody will make a contribution, then if 10% of the people say, I don't want that swimming pool, they cannot be forced. They can come to me with my security and say, hey, they want to force me to pay for the swimming pool. And I say, people, that's not possible. It's not in their contract. You can build a swimming pool. The 90% can build a swimming pool, can even ask for higher entrance fees for the people who haven't participated or exclude them at all. But you cannot force people to do something they are not, they haven't given consent to or they are not voluntarily involved in. People think, well, a contract, that's nice to have. No, no, this is, this is a fundamental difference between a constitution that is interpreted by some courts, by some politicians. No, no, this is your contract. You have legal standing. You are at arm's length from day one and nobody can interfere in that contract. So there is no forum for the do-gooders that are facing their will upon others because they think they know how to save the world. That's technically impossible because everybody just has this service contract. And I think this is the big, big advantage of the free private city concept that it is a private governance model. You don't need any public law. You have the legal framework that is existing for for thousands or hundreds of years and um, private law and the common law sector. And that is uh, what what our relationship should be based upon because that has proven to be working over a very long period of time and it's a voluntary relationship if you do not like my model you just stay away or you leave it or whatever right i love the the difference between a constitution and a contract in one case it is voluntary and you can hold the service provider accountable in a real way. In the other case, it is involuntary. You're just born into it. We we have decided that you are a subject of the United States. You are our sir, or you know wherever, whichever country. And different countries have different rules. The United States is probably one of the worst when it comes to enforcing its power on its citizens outside of its jurisdiction. It's obviously one of the best in many other ways. Uh, however, um, talking about as far as governments go, are people generally happy? with their governments or are they generally unhappy? Yeah, we we have found out that in the US and the UK, there have been polls that about 80% of the people or up to 80% of the people are dissatisfied with their government. And no matter who's in, in charge, right, which party is in charge. So there's obviously a big discontent. And if you now put these together, and as I say, this is a market, the market of living together. Now you have 80% of the customers are dissatisfied. And here's another fact, 90% of the market participants, governments, lose money every year, right? I mean, imagine that would happen in a normal market. There were 90% of the people would lose money. And 80% of the customers would be dissatisfied. You would say, hey, there's, there must be a chance for startups. There must be a chance for new products. And that's exactly what I'm offering. Of course, I know that this is a market which is very high entry barriers, right? It's basically, um, as Pedri Friedman once put it, well, either you have to start a secession or a revolution. But um, I think there's a third way, which is which is already indicated in the real world by these special economic zones. So a country that is establishing a special economic zones with a different set of rules, mostly for companies, is already con con basically committing, uh, or is is con basically giving uh, the information that obviously their rules are not the best. Because otherwise they wouldn't have the need to create a special economic zone, right? Right. I mean, but, why did why did Hong Kong end up where it was? It was because of a jurisdiction that was different than mainland China. 
Absolutely. And that, that was even discovered by mail in China. So they co copied some of the Hong Kong rules for Shenzhen, which is now a very successful special economic zone on its own. And in so far, this is the third way besides secession revolution. And this is that we just go a peaceful way and say, go to a country and say, look, what we can offer is investment in jobs in an area which is absolutely uninhabited, zero population at the moment. So there's a win-win situation. But we do need some internal autonomy for that. We do need to have the right to make own regulations, own administration, own security, and own courts. That sounds a lot, but you already have this in, uh, in the Dubai International Financial Center, for example, which has been copied by Abu Dhabi, by Kazakhstan. And you have, of course, the CEDES in Honduras, the Zones for Economic Development and Employment, where you have uh, a degree of autonomy that is absolutely comparable to, to Hong Kong. Or let's say the, the, the earlier Hong Kong under, under um, right. <laughs> before it now was, is going to, to be taken over by the Chinese. Um, so I, right. I mean, I think that it's very important to point out that special economic zones aren't new. And they aren't even this point terribly special. Uh, um, all the uh, countries of the world, I'm sorry, many countries of the world have special economic zones. And a special economic zone is uh, pretty easily defined. It's some area on a map, some little polygon that the government has said, you have special economic, financial um, liberties, maybe even social liberties, whatever they are. There's special liberties inside this zone that we don't do outside that zone. Now, why they would admit that that's the case is amazing to me, but whatever, um, you know, like, um, either they're just saying, our system doesn't work as well as this system, so we're going to get let you do this system here. But there's how many of these exactly. things around the world? Well, it's it's not fully clear. Some people say it's 3,000, others say it's 5,000. I would say really active special economic zones where, where commercial activity is really happening, it's about 500 to 1,000. But this is already an impressive uh, number, right? I yep. mean, it's more than countries existing in, in the world. And some have only um, this... Uh, export import reliefs but others are others have their own court system like the uh, mentioned dubai international financial center right so you have you have a, a big variety in between and my thesis is that uh, that there's a trend towards more autonomy towards more things that has been have to be tried out why because there's so much competition right if you you, you come with hey let's make a new special economic zone and have lower taxes well who should come? This is already in existence thousand times. So you have to come up with something else. And I say that is a good link to my model because what people want, they want legal stability. They do not want new rules every every year. They um, want a guarantee that they can plan long term. And they also want to be safe, especially in some countries. They do not trust the local police. They do not trust the local courts. Um, and it's not only businesses. People are coming in special economic zones. They bring their family. They want a good environment for the family, schools, hospitals. They want, uh, again, a first world um, framework, if possible. Um, and 
and that that will lead to a development of more autonomous special zones, especially in in third and second world countries. Um, and then the deal is just uh, okay. Give us more autonomy. We bring people that otherwise wouldn't come, and bring investors and companies that otherwise wouldn't come. And that's exactly what I'm offering to countries. Right um, now, I'm one of those that believes that there's even more than five thousand spe- special economic zones, and the reason is is because anytime a government admits that their system is crap and <laughs> says that uh, you know a little bit of freedom in this area will Uh, cause business people and uh, the innovators and entrepreneurs to move to a given area. I mean, they've, they've just laid it on the line. They've, they've already admitted that their 9,000 year old top down hierarchical uh, Byzantine system stinks. So um, if you create like a special opportunity zone where you uh, just carve out some small uh, economic favors in the United States, for instance, if you you can avoid long term capital gains, if you invest in a special opportunity zone, fine. Great. What you're doing is you're driving business from the immediate area to this little zone. That's an obvious thing. But nobody believes that somehow you're going to attract a Hong Kong businessman to bring millions of dollars to the special opportunity zone because he doesn't care about long-term capital gains in the United States. Um, in fact, he's looking for special economic zones around the world, and he's weighing them and, and looking at them and seeing where he can import and export and what the value is of the market and, all, and, and weighing everything. He's got computers working on models and doing all that stuff. The only way to compete in that realm is to have, if some freedoms work, if more freedoms work better, then to have more freedoms than the next guy. So if you're in, you know, country A and uh, country B's got more freedoms to this zone, then it's possible they're going to take some business from you. So you need a, a zone that's better. And so this is the competition that's going on in uh, what I'm calling uh, now the next evolution, special autonomous zones. And we're moving towards that. Now, um, as far as free private cities, your notion is, is that if a special autonomous zone is large enough, a free private city will spring up in this people will want more freedoms and uh, they will want to abandon the old systems that provide them with crappy service <laughs> and um you know there we have some city now now these cities i'm i know you've imagined these and i want to give you the opportunity how could they differ from each other in some ways because not everybody wants the same thing right oh absolutely i mean it is conceivable that you it- that you have uh, free private cities or, or autonomous zones for for special target groups, right? So there might be a religious group who want to live according to their rules, and there might people, uh, or there might be atheists who said we, we don't uh, let us alone with all kinds of religion, uh, and there might be people who who prefer um, some kind of I don't veganism or whatever. Um, uh, there, I can't there wait till other... the vegans get their own city. <laughs> I, I personally am just please give the vegans their own city. <laughs> yeah, and and this is also uh, it's 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 uh, creating a more peaceful society, right? If if the people who think they know it all and they want to enforce their ideas on all of us have their own city where they can try it out and show to the world how beautiful this is, this is uh, 
taking away a lot of political struggle out of uh, out of our daily lives when when people can be told hey look there's a free private city where your ideas are tested why don't you go there first and oh, and leave me alone and the other way around people who want to try out new ideas um for the for example ideas of liberty right um uh, living in a, in a real free society where there's only uh, the state is only the government is only providing protection of life, liberty, and property, and otherwise you are left alone. Where's this existing in the world of today? Well, not many places, if any. So yet now you can say, hey, let let us try this, and that's the basic principle of a free private city because I think this works better. Um, uh, uh, because this is the only thing that we all really want is. Uh, uh, not to be killed, robbed, or um, uh, have uh, experienced any kinds of, of of criminality, and the the moment you go away from that need for security, we are different people. We have different ideas, and that's why I think the free private city model is the classical min minimal state, if you want. But it's not by a state; it's by a private company, and you you sign a contract only if you like it. <laughs> and you only right. come if you like it. And, and this is an interesting. Can... Go, go ahead. This is an interesting point. So you mentioned yeah. criminality. And I think this is really, really important. Currently, governments around the world prevent people from coming into their countries for um, at, at various levels because of criminal records. Right. So it makes a certain amount of sense that you don't want somebody who has shown a disposition to commit crimes uh, on your area to victimize your citizens. I suppose, um, you know, I can make all kinds of arguments against it, but let's go ahead and just accept that notion. Is you know, the United States does Canada does this? Canada is a really good um, example. You can't get into Canada if you've had a misdemeanor in many cases. Is Canada crime free? I mean, it's obvious that Canada is not crime free. Because, in part, the criminals that are already in Canada are breeding and having more criminals. <laughs> and, you know, there's lots of systems. There's a tried and true system for handling this that has not been employed in the Western world in a long time, and that's banishment. A free private city absolutely has banishment. You commit a crime, you show a disposition for committing crimes, whatever it is, inside a free private city, and it's that operator's option to... Say, hey, look, we're, we're taking this provision of your contract and out you go. And that's going to make places a lot safer, a lot safer. And that's what people want fundamentally from their government. They want a safe place to be. So when you're exactly uh, and, and if, if you as what, what we have currently in our Western societies is that the stating states are grabbing more and more areas of, of our life and say, we are we're going to regulate that. We're going to regulate this and that. And we tell you how to speak. And, and to behave and, and what, whatever. But the, the fundamental function that you mentioned, that people want to be safe, this is not fulfilled any longer uh, in, a, in a satisfying manner. And in so far, yeah, it's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you are a criminal and you know in advance that, okay, if you are, get caught in a, in, in a free private city, um, you may spend some days in prison, but after that, you, you will kick you out. And you know this in advance. And we know it. We tell everybody who is coming to the free private city, there may be a, a, a chance that you get kicked out, and then you have to go back where you where you come from, 
right? right? And you sign, okay, I agree with that. So, and that is the point where we, um, where we really have an advantage. And I agree with you that, that this uh, banishment, which has been forgotten, uh, was, was absolute practice in medieval cities uh, and in ancient times. And that it was is a practice in the U.S. less than 100 yeah. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it, it leads to a positive selection, right? Because yeah. you, you have then, um, uh, over time, you have only people in, in, in the city that are uh, either checked that there are no criminals, and if they become criminals um, or they have been hiding and, and now show their real face, well, they do one or two crimes and then they're out. So um, and that's, by the way, how it works in Monaco, right? Um, uh, even if you have, are, are, even for petty crime, right? If, if you steal, I've heard a, a old lady was stealing 100 euro in a shop and then the shop com shop's camera um, detected that. And, and she was expelled from Monaco. Right. So, um, and, and that is, um, that is the reason why this is one of the safest places uh, on earth. And I mean, if you rule the, uh, if you know the rules in advance, uh, and this is the, this is the main thing. If, if you want to create a society as a, as an operator, like the free private city operator is a, is a for-profit company, then you have to provide security. That is your main service. And, Anything else or most of the other things that society can take care of themselves. But but this is what you have to provide. And if, you, <laughs> if you're failing, then people will say, hey, why should I go there, right? It's an unsafe environment. And that is especially true if you are in, a, if you are in countries that are very dangerous. So that is a real um, USP where people would say, um, and we have seen this in the Morazan Sede in, on the mainland of Honduras, thousands of Hondurans want to move there because it's safe. Right, they're not so much interested in this um, libertarian uh, idea behind that, but they say, "Hey, I can live safe there," uh, and that's a, a reason alone for them to come. Um, of course, uh, for many people, there are other things that that should come together, but you can relatively easy make a make a, a cause that you have a better society than the surrounding society, and just by providing the basic services that a state should provide. And I want to talk about that. Um, but first, uh, you know, before we get on to the solutions, uh, I mean, we've now encapsulated mm -hmm. the idea. And if you think the idea is superior to anything you've heard up to this point, um, I would encourage you to go to freeprivatecities.com and sign up for their social media there or sign up for their mailing list or any variety of, of ways that they can uh, communicate with you. Any other ideas? Buy the book, uh, Free Private Cities by Titus. That's Titus for Americans. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Titus, I, I pronounce your name Titus because that's how you told me originally, but uh, I think Americans will really understand Titus. So Titus Gable, and uh, by uh, free private cities by Titus, Titus Gable. Anything else uh, that, that people can do that like the idea currently? Yeah, I think if, if you subscribe to the newsletter at uh, freeprivatecities.com, that, that is giving you probably the best information. Then there's a Telegram group. Then there is a, um, uh, uh, all kinds of FAQ um, videos. Um, I think... Getting the book, which is also available as an audio version uh, in English, is is probably if, if you really want to get deeper into that, that that is the thing to do. And I'm going, to, I'm I'm working on a white paper, which is then maybe ten pages or so, where you can get the 
the idea uh, in a nutshell uh, so that it's not necessary to read the whole book. But for the moment, if you go to the uh, freeprivatecities.com website, you can get them a, a, a good idea in about two or three minutes. What is yeah, this all it's, about? It, it, you'll get that, yeah. uh, you know, the quick encapsulation. One more thing I thought of is that if, you, um, if you've got some money to invest, and I'm talking about, you know, quarter million dollars or or more you could perhaps contact me and i will uh you know begin the process of you investing in tpolis i work with tpolis i am not on the tpolis team <laughs> uh, but i am very fond of what you're doing titus and i think that it's very likely that this is the best solution for finding liberty in our lifetimes so let's talk about some of the ways that we've uh, moved forward with this while keeping the proprietary information of Tepolis, uh, you know, um, checked. So um, what are some of the things that Tepolis has done to forward this notion of uh, free private cities? Because it's pretty clear that one's not just going to spring up in total, built overnight in, uh, you know, the middle of Kansas or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first, I mean, Tipolis is indeed, this uh, Tipolis Corporation is the company that I set up that, that I founded that, that had the intention to, to make those free, free private cities project reality, knowing that it is probably not immediately possible to create a total private governance model. So it's more what we call a prosperity zone. It's a kind of a mixed model of the old world where you have kind of uh, public uh, entities and, and municipalities uh, that you can combine with a private governance model. And then you have this, uh, you have these intentional communities, which is the field where, where Tipolis is working together with Mark in one case, uh, where people, um, where like-minded people um, want to uh, live together, give give themselves their own rules of living together in the existing legal environment. It, this is, of course, easier and quicker. But if you go the, world, the, the way autonomous sounds, that is a long shot. Because you have first to go to government and say, um, we want to change the rules. And then some governments may say, well, we need to change the constitution for that, what you want. And others say, maybe we can do it within our special economic zone law. And then, but it has to has to be amended, and we need a majority in parliament for that. So you have to convince people that this is a good thing for the country. Then these people have to convince the majority of parliament, and then they have to make a law, which then basically either gives you directly, uh, like in Honduras, you the possibility to start something, or you need another contract with the government about your special autonomous zone. So this is. Uh, as a matter of fact, nothing that can happen overnight. So this is a years-long procedure. And the first thing that happened to us was uh, um, we have been approached by people uh, who were active in Honduras, um, uh, which is um, the first city. Uh, it's called uh, Prospera. Um, uh, Prospera.hn, for those who want to go look it up online. Prospera.hn. Uh, exactly. yeah. Yep. And that was back in 2017 when I uh, was approached by the uh, promoters, promoters and organizers of that first city, which wasn't in existence back then. And uh, I helped them for about uh, two years to create a legal structure, a structure for this city to basically put a private governance model over the public top-down model that the Hondurans had in mind when they first created the law in 2013. 
So, um, but they were ba basically willing to create or wanted to create a kind of a Hong Kong in the Caribbean, right? So this was the idea. And they wanted to, hey, let's establish a common law system and, and all this with own courts and own police and, and or own security forces and the right to uh, start on a blank slate from the regulatory standpoint, which is huge. And um, Prospera was successful. Uh, the very first CD got permitted at the 30th of December 2017. Um, in the na next two years, they got permitted basically complete common law system based on the US uh, common law system, some best practice laws when it comes to property acquisition, land transactions from New Zealand, for example. Um, then uh, there's a variety of other innovative uh, new legal approaches, but more or less it was the idea to collect uh, the best uh, practice common law standards from all over the world and put them in a kind of what we call the com common law code, which sounds a little bit paradox, but that is if you do not have a common law tradition, you have to introduce something on, on a certain day, which happened here. And uh, Prospera has a charter which is really protecting the people. And on top of that, everybody has a contract. So it's a little bit um, a hybrid system, but you're protected by a kind of a, a charter, which is a kind of a constitution um, uh, and uh, a personal contract, which is called agreement of, agreement of coexistence, which means that, that you really have, have rights which are laid down in this contract that cannot be changed neither by the SEDE administration or by the Honduran government or somebody else. So this is the situation. And... Um, uh, this was uh, 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 quite successful in uh, 2019. Uh, all everything was approved by the State Commission of Honduras, and and then I withdraw from the active thing and 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 started a new attempt to create an even more free private city type of model in Africa, which are I cannot disclose this now, and this is unfortunately also one of the matter of the fact there are years and years where you cannot disclose what you're working on oh yeah because that's absolutely yeah, it yeah. yeah and and that is that is sad but that's the name of the game um but one we thing also, i can yeah i think we can please. say about africa is is that um our vision uh there is even freer than the zedes as they're legislated in honduras at this time correct yeah again yeah. that would be the next step towards a real free private city right and i would say yeah this is even better than uh um than the cities in honduras and uh there are other projects around the world less less developed um places that we're keeping an eye on that's our job is to look for uh jurisdictions where it's likely we would be able to pull something off like this uh that we'd be able to advance human culture and um you know take that next step forward because the difficulty is is that because the state claims for itself a monopoly on violence and because it has such longevity, it has existed for at least 9,000 years as a notion, um, that it is, it's difficult to undermine. It's difficult to innovate in this particular zone. I mean, what kind of governance innovations have you heard of? What kind of mon monetary innovations? There's, it, they're so rare and coming along historically. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking at this. There's been, there's great opportunities with special economic zones to evolve into special autonomous zones um, and prosperity zones, and these different types of, of areas. 
But um, I want to talk about Honduras. I think that it, it is true to say at this moment in time that Honduran Zedes are the freest place on the planet, bar none. However, there's been uh, an election recently in Honduras that is still undecided, in, not entirely decided, and I wanted to just get your thoughts on that. Um, it's hard to, right? there's not a lot of experts in this field, <laughs> Titus. And so um, I'd like you to say what you can say about the election of, um, I, all I know her by is Zamora and the Libre uh, Party. Yeah. Um, in Honduras, indeed, a candidate has been elected uh, from the very far left uh, from the party Lib Libra. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me, let me give you a campaign. Her whole campaign premise here is let's get rid of these ZA zones that uh, that empower Western corporations to take over Honduras so that I can give the country to China. <laughs> Yeah, well, she she says uh, she's the, she's the uh, wife of a former socialist president who started um, a coup, basically. Well, he he was kicked out. Um, uh, he by was kicked out because he attempted to uh, circumvent the constitution of Honduras. Yeah, and get elected one more time against the constitution. You want? I think you want to make a referendum. But I mean, this is not our topic here. Is there's a socialist now in power, and she has announced that she wants to get rid of the Sedes. And uh, I mean, this is something where she she got a, a big majority as a, in the presidential election, but at the same time there was a, a parliamentary election for Congress, and there the majority is far far uh, less than than she had, and and then so far it's still open. But here is the thing: I mean, these things can happen, and sooner or later it it was clear that something like that would happen in Honduras, which is a divided country like many Latin American countries um, between the left and the right. And the um, and, and now we have to put in place or we have to check if, if what they put in place, the Hondurans, as security mechanisms against uh, a, a change of government destroying the state is because this is all the idea of autonomous zones that they survive a change in government i mean otherwise they don't make sense and otherwise you don't do not have the legal stability you are looking for now what they what they did is they said well this state law can only be repealed by two-third majority of parliament which the socialist president or the upcoming socialist have. president does not have maybe they are finding some support and allies. The other thing is that even if the law is repealed, then it is, and the existing cities, and we are three existing cities at the moment, the existing cities still will, will uh, exist for the longer of 10 years or any legal stability clause they have made in a, in a treaty or a contract. And there's a there's a treaty with Kuwait between Kuwait and Honduras where um, they have um, committed that the cities could last for 50 years, five zero. So that is the legal position. And then um, the the government, the new government or the incoming government, has already said, yeah, we are respecting property and and foreign investments, right? And that's exactly what happened in the cities that people have invested and that the people. 
like in the case of Prospera, the, the operating company is a U.S. company. Why? Because the U.S. has a bilateral investor protection agreement with Honduras and is member of CAFTA, Central American Free Trade Association, which also do have investor protection clauses. So despite her promise to the people that she will get rid of the CEDIS, this is by far not easy. This no. is uh, this is something which is even in con in constitution, right? That that the, these things can exist and this this law can be made, and so even if they somehow get a two third majority to repeal the law, that does not mean that the existing cities cannot exist because they are they have grandfathered rights um, in in this explicitly in the law and. Um, I had a I had a discussion with Prosper Management, and they uh, uh, think they are very um, uh, they have a, have very good arguments from a legal point. Uh, they have sixty companies, six zero companies have been founded in the meantime in the city, which theoretically could all come with uh, um, uh, which damage claims against Honduras. Yeah. So that is not so easy, right? And in so far, they are trying to uh, to talk to the government, to the new government, and say, hey. We are bringing benefits to the country and um, uh, and think again, maybe if you want that. And um, uh, of course, they have the advantage to being a U.S. company. So they're getting some protection from the U.S. Uh, embassy. So um, uh, this is this is a test case, Mark. Um, will say they survive a hostile government uh, change, right? And we can only learn from that because this problem will not go away, even if it goes away in Honduras. <laughs> right. As long as your member, as you are within another state, a host state, a host nation, then you might face that problem sooner or later. And in so far, it is very important that we all closely watch what's, what's going to happen here now. Because we can then uh, learn lessons how we set up the next CEDE types or autonomous zones or free private city um, uh, in in the future and which mechanisms we can use that have um, proven to be helpful not to get expropriated, not to get repealed. Very good. I, this is how I see it, too. Uh, um, I've had to make a decision. I'm uh, working on a project in Honduras that we weren't going to be a ZEDE straight away or anything like that. But I liked the notion that ZAs uh, were out there and, um, you know, sort of on our team. And when I look at this, I'm, I, I think another fact that's really important to, to put out is, is that uh, this Zamora character, she has removed from her campaign website the promise to get rid of ZAs just days after getting elected. Now, she's not even in office, and mm. she's removed it from the site. I'd like to remind my American audience about um, Guantanamo Bay and Barack Obama's repeated promises to get rid of it. Um, I'd like to remind them that Barack Obama was awarded with the Peace Prize and drone-bombed 5,000 innocent people. I'd like to remind you that politicians are synonymous with liars and thieves. And that Zamora, uh, her her husband, has uh, been demonstrated to be uh, at the apex of that particular claim. <laughs> uh, not, not a minor liar and thief, but an apex liar and thief. And the uh, the idea that uh, the Hondurans would have elected that person, I don't know. But name recognition's huge. And um, it, it, as I spoke, oh, these are not my words. This is the taxi driver that picked me up from the airport. He says, everybody wants something for free. 
And uh, the leftists, in this case, promised lots of things for free. And maybe the people will get some of those things. I don't know. In either way, the, the, the Blue Party, the Nationals, they had been in power for like 12 years or something. And... You know, any I, I'm also distrustful of any country that has its party in power for a long time. Um, so there, there you go. Yeah, and, and many people think uh, that this was a, a, an election uh, mostly against the ruling national party, right? I would and agree. Against Orlando, the former president, who is extremely unpopular. Um, uh, and, and and said to be involved in in drug crimes and not even his own party wanted to have him uh, uh, helping with the um, uh, with the with the uh, campaign, election campaign. So um, many people in Honduras say, well, this was now to to get rid of national party president. But I mean, we will see um, uh, what's going to happen again in Parliament. The majority of the left is 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 not there. It's they have together with their allies, they have nearly a majority, but far from two third majority. And and so far, um, uh, I doubt that it's so easy to repeal the Sede law. But you never know. I mean, there may even be people in the National Party, the formerly ruling party who established the Sede law that are against Sede's, right? And so um, uh, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but I think this is a really important showcase for the existing Sede's, how they are going to 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 deal with that. I, I think one more thing's worth mentioning in this uh, area as far as hope for Zedes. Um, and, and again, Zedes are not free private cities. Zedes are a step on the way, and any setbacks to Zedes is not necessarily a setback to free private cities. Um, but that Honduras has experimented in several different ways with tax breaks, uh, regulation breaks, um, you know, different zones and a variety of things. So, uh, for instance, there's a tourist zone designation where you can get a business that doesn't have pay import, export and a variety of things. It's huge. Um which is one of the aspects of Zedes. Another thing that's uh, very similar is the thing that they call maquilas. And uh, Titus, do you have enough information on this, or shall I take a shot at explaining what a maquila is? Yeah, ma maquila is basically an import-export zone where you can uh, import raw materials for free uh, without duties, uh, and then most of, mostly uh, create textiles, which are then exported against without uh, duties. Um, and when they were established in the 80s, um, there was also a lot of opposition against those maquilas. Um, but uh, when they had the first 20,000 jobs, then this um, this opposition uh, was not so uh, noisy any longer. And now that there are 200,000 people, I think, or even more, I'm working the maquilas and again, mostly textile industry. Um, there, there's basically no party who really is, uh, is, is demanding that these maquilas are closed down. And our hope was that Sedes uh, uh, will create a similar number of jobs uh, uh, in, in the upcoming years. And then it's, uh, there's much more broader support than in the population for it.
Yes, I would have liked to have seen the opposition to Zedes come four or eight years from now. Um, but, you know, yep. God does not always give us what we want. Um, the <laughs> uh, I think that it's uh, – I've heard it described by a um, Hun, uh, an American in Honduras. Uh, I've heard Maquila's described as the third rail of Honduran politics. And what that means in the United States is they'll often use it to describe Social Security, which Social Security is a – Really not a good program for the average person, but the average worker in America has paid in for 20 years into uh, Social Security, and they want their money back. So any talk of getting rid of it um, is like touching the third rail of a subway and being electrocuted to death for a politician. Pardon me. And this is what it's like for a politician in Honduras that talks about getting rid of the predecessor, Maquilas, to Zedes. And the hope is is that someday Zedes will be in this uh, zone too, and that perhaps they can be even a little freer. Um, I would also say that uh, one last thing to sort of wrap up Honduras is that um, in the U.S. and Western Europe, we tend to look at the scope of government. We'll create these uh, lists, these academic lists, like freedom in the 50 states or uh, freedom around the world or any variety of lists, the Heritage uh, Foundation's freedom of the world chart, and Cato, uh, Cato has one, and, and a variety of places have them, where they look at the scope of government, and they say, all right, well, this government has a, has a smaller scope than that government, and this government has a smaller, and they rate them on a scale of uh, one to 200, you know, number one being uh, Hong Kong or Singapore. I mean, Hong Kong's just been taken over by communist China. I mean, it's the freest place in the world, okay, um, right? Um, you know, Singapore, United States usually hit, is now hitting around 20, used to be up there in the top five, not so much anymore, sorry. Thank you, Democrats. Um, and Republicans are really not much better on this. The uh, you know these charts just weigh scope. They don't weigh the will, and they don't weigh the uh, reach of government. So I'd say that the Honduran government has a wider scope than I'd like to see. Zedes have a have a have the narrowest scope in the world, but um, Honduran government doesn't have much reach and it doesn't have much will. It just doesn't care to go and bother things that are working for it. And, and it's just the way it is. And the United States, it can be difficult to understand that because the United States government, while may, may have a slightly smaller scope than the Honduran government, has a much wider reach and a much wider uh, will when it comes to enforcing that scope. You're breaking the law in many cases in the United States and, you know, whether you know it or not, you're going to trial and jail. Titus, um, Titus Gable, freeprivatecities.com. Thank you so much for being on with me 